What's up, everybody? We are live, live rounds, episode 12. Um, got some things to talk about, and we'll just kind of see where this conversation goes. Um, overall, it was a pretty exciting weekend last weekend. We had, um, I thought GCW had a really good show. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, I saw some of the tournament stuff that you were talking about. I watched some of it. I couldn't do a full hour Wheeler, Yuda, and Daniel Garcia, especially knowing that it was a draw. But, I mean, I'm sure it was a great match. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about in the indies. thought Dynamite was crazy. Um, and then, you know, going into this week's Dynamite, and then we also have, like, New Japan Resurgence. And so there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So um, how's it going, Steven? It's going good. Going good. We had a lot of good wrestling this weekend. Like you were mentioning, the SCI tournament, that was a uh, Friday night and Saturday night. The uh, Scenic City Futures Showcase, well, it's technically the Action Wrestling Futures Showcase. That was a uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. That was really good. Robert Martyr won that. Um, winner of the SCI, for anyone wondering, was AC Mack, uh, who has been the Action Wrestling Champion, the Sub Champion. Uh, he's made it to the finals of the SCI before. Uh, so there's a lot of really, really good stuff, a lot of good storytelling. Uh, that's been going on for years and years with the SCI. They, they build on it every year, which is really cool. Um, yeah, IWTV 100, like you mentioned, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta won a full hour. That match was awesome. Um, I, I watched it live, so obviously I didn't know it was going to be a draw going into it. That, you know, that probably turned some people off from watching an entire hour long match. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, there was GCW, there was VXS, there was AEW, there was UFC 265. So yep. a ton of good stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, AEW obviously is still killing it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can start really wherever you want to for uh, for today. All right, so I guess we'll just get into Dynamite. Um, how did you feel about Malachi Black's debut? How did you feel about the Cody Rhodes? Where do you think they're going with Cody Rhodes? Is this legit getting closer to the end? Is this just nothing but a storyline? Like, what what are you thinking? Um, well, I liked the presentation of it. It reminded me kind of like the Brody Lee match where, like, he just, like, smoked Cody, and everyone was like, oh, damn, okay, like, he's for real then. Like, that, like, that match, like, really established Brody in AEW. This is really established Malachi right off the bat. Um, I don't love the idea of retirement, of, like, fake retirement storylines. Like, I, yeah. I just, in general... But I think it's going to be well done, um, you know, because Cody did get me towards the end of that promo. I was like, damn, it sounds like he's actually retiring right now, yeah. like, you know. Um, but then Malachi just, like, got even more heat on himself, which they need to do because the fans want to cheer for Malachi, and they're trying to clearly establish Malachi as the heel and Cody as the face in this story. So I think I think Cody probably uh, goes away for a little while. Malachi gets some wins, and then similar to the – the Brody and uh, Cody um, dog collar match. We'll probably get like another big match between Malachi and Cody down the line. Well, we know that Cody's filming that show for season two. Um, and then he also has the reality show coming out eventually with him and Brandy and them. So uh, um, and it made me think too, though, like how good of shape AEW is in in general, though, because it's like if Cody did go like for a long period of time, like they would be just fine, like nothing against Cody at all, but just they can afford to lose guys and have other guys just step in and they're built that way. So, um, 
personally, I thought Malachi Black was awesome. I felt like just his style was just like violent. And you don't really see that sometimes in wrestling. Sometimes it looks like a dance or it's choreographed, but like he just looked like a vicious, violent guy. Uh, I I really enjoyed his stuff. I'm really looking forward to what they do with him. And the great thing is too, is like, it really shows that he could be a star. Like there's sky's the limit for that guy right now. So, um, and I, and I saw some criticism on Cody where it was like, yeah, you put him over, but then you made it about yourself afterwards. But it's like Cody also got hit by Malachi Black at the end as well. So it's like he still put him over after it was done. So I, I think that uh, I don't really understand the Cody heat. I will say this, though. Like, I've gone back and watched some old AEW stuff. And, like, when Cody was feuding with Dustin and then, like, when Cody was feuding with the Young Bucks with Dustin and – like, I don't know if Cody's changed, but it just doesn't come across as the same Cody. He seems a little bit more, I don't know, EVP almost more focused, right? He's, he's focused on the Nightmare family. He's focused on the companies, focused on, and it just doesn't seem like he doesn't have as much of a desire to be the guy anymore and it kind of reflects that sometimes so i i don't know how you feel about cody going right now well i mean i think that's a big part of why he put himself in that position where like he can't get an AEW world title match because i think he right. doesn't want to like i think i think his big goal is to set it up to where he doesn't have to be there like you were saying yeah. um you know he talked about it you know for years earlier in his career he would talk about how he wanted to wrestle till he was 35 um, he's 35 now, I think. He's 34. So, or no, okay. 36. He's 36 because he's two years younger than I am. So he's 36. Yeah, we, yeah two years. Well, I'm 33 and he's two years older than I am. So regardless, it, it's. I think he's 36, but I could be wrong. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, but the point is, it sounds like more, more like he's going to go until he's around 40 because he's talked about that probably being around the time that he might go into politics in Georgia. Yeah. So. I think that, you know, I think at some point Cody will challenge and will win the AEW world title. I think he has to do it at least once in this company, like just for his own, not, not to put himself over, but just for like the sake of history. Like he's meant so much to like this company happening that it would be great to see him win that world title, especially because he never got it in the WWE. Um, so and that's all I think it is. I think Cody's just done a good job of like kind of keeping the spotlight off of him, but he's still even when he's beating guys, he's still elevating most of the guys he's wrestling, even if he beats them. And then he's losing to the ones that he should lose to. Like he definitely should have lost to Malachi and he did. He should have lost to Brody and he did. Um, You know, he should have beat Anthony Agogo and he did like, so we haven't really seen Anthony Agogo anymore. Like I, I I really worry about that guy's health. I just, I, I think that Cody really gave him like, Kind of like if if this doesn't work out for you in your future, at least you had this moment type thing. That's what I think it could be more of because like if you go back and watch like um, countdowns and stuff, like when they were just building up the company, they have a little segment with Anthony Gogo, and I mean his eye is almost like completely closed a little bit, and I feel like that that one match with the the Gun Brothers that hurt him right off the bat, his eye was busted going into that Cody match. I just I feel like that they might have realized it, it it might not be able to have a long future with this. So, yeah, but I, I, I do I do agree with Cody uh, 
winning and, and all that, but yeah, for sure. And then there's other guys too. Like, you know, he beat Darby early in AEW, but then Darby wound up beating him for the TNT title. Like, so like he got the rub there. Um, I mean, there's been plenty of instances where Cody, I mean, so it's one of those things where, you know, Frankie Mattis mentioned the, uh, the Triple H thing. I think he's probably referencing like the, the throne breaker thing and all that. For one, that was probably the hardest I've marked out in my entire life as a fan was watching Cody hit that throne with that sledgehammer. So like, I'm definitely oh, glad he did that. Alive, so yeah, it, was, it was great. Incredible. And yeah. then, and every um, fan wanted it too. Yeah. Like it was like, it's so anybody that acts like that they were bothered by that moment, like dude, that AEW fan base was there because they hated WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he also mentions, he says Cody doesn't hand, hold the candle to Triple H as a wrestler, entertainer, and booker. It's fine. You can have your opinion. And like, but you, like you're talking about Triple H now or Triple H in like, you know, the early 2000s? Because I think Triple H now is not as entertaining in the ring as Cody is. Um, and as a booker, that's super subjective. Super subjective. If, if you're considering Cody Rhodes to be the booker, one of the bookers of AEW, I would definitely disagree with that. I think AEW has been way better than the booking that Triple H is doing for NXT. So I'm not sure what you're trying to compare between Cody and uh, Triple H. But if you want to make that comparison in 2021, I'll take Cody Rhodes over Triple H all day. No question about it. It's funny, though, because Cody said that, like, Triple H is one of his idols in the business. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's a big fan. So, you know, um, I... I, I I don't, I don't get the Cody hate. I really don't. And there's a lot of it. Like, there's a lot of people that hate that he has this big, elaborate entrance. There's a lot of people that think that he doesn't deserve it and all this stuff. But it's like, I feel like a lot of it comes from people that didn't follow going into AEW. And they just know Cody is the WWE guy. And they didn't see, like the progression and how he became who he became in ring of honor and new Japan and all this stuff. And so it's like, they're just like, Oh, it's like Cody. Here we go. My, this guy's not worth it. Like, I feel like it's that, but like Cody was a huge part in establishing this company. Um, I could argue he was one of the main pieces. Like it was, it was him, Kenny and the bucks. And like, you can't really say any different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get all that. And uh, by the way, y'all in the chat, like, I'm not necessarily like, disagreeing. I'm just saying, like, I'm just looking at it from both sides of that kind of argument with Triple H and Cody. Because, like, uh, like John mentions, let's be honest, TK's Tony Khan's the real booker, not Cody. Well, that's like saying Triple H isn't the real booker, Vince is. Like, it's Vince's company. NXT is still owned by Vince. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I, I don't even like the comparisons between the two to begin with. Um, yeah. But it's not surprising that Triple H, he was a big Triple H fan. Cody said it a thousand times. His favorite wrestler ever was Shawn Michaels. Um, not even his own dad. You know, Shawn Michaels was his favorite wrestler. Um, and he's probably watched a lot of Triple H. And then he got to work side by side. And now he's in a very similar position. And that's why you're getting comparisons. But he is in a very similar position to Triple H um, in a lot of ways. But uh, I feel but yeah. I feel like I feel like when it comes to um... – when it comes to Cody, I, I just – I feel like he didn't really necessarily do him a ton of favors going into AEW either because he was this big name, and then he took the title away from himself. 
he he was the TNT champion. He took that away. Then he just basically was helping out the Nightmare family, getting lumped in with QT Marshall. Also, it's been a long time before we've seen him with like a guy that's around his merit, and that's what I was so excited for with Malachi Black. Then he loses to Malachi Black, and it's just like, when are we going to get like that type of Cody back? You know what I mean? And then it's like, are we going to get that type of Cody back? Or is he more focused now on putting over the future generations and other projects and things like that? Yeah, I I think that's going to be mainly – I think we're going to get mainly Cody putting over the next generation, like whether he's winning or losing, just making them all look better, set it up for the future. But I do think we'll get Cody versus Sting one-on-one at some point. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll yeah. definitely be cool. And I think he'll wear the colored face paint. Like, I think Cody will wear the colored face paint. He's got the blonde Sting. hair. Yeah, He's exactly. got the blonde hair, so he'll be the surfer Sting. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, – Cody. I said I said Shawn Michaels was Cody's favorite, as was Sting. That's, like, 1A and 1B for Cody. It's, like, his favorite guy, so. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I think that you can still do some of those big matches – and also, if he's if he's busy doing EVP stuff or doing stuff outside of wrestling or politics or whatever, as long as he just stays in decent shape, he can always pop in and out and just have a big match here and there with somebody. So they're uh, they're in a good they're in a good shape. AEW set up very 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 well right now, and they're continuing to to replenish as well. Like they they have they have levels worth of stars right now. Like from the main eventers that are established to the ones that are almost right there. To the ones underneath that, there's kind of like a few levels beneath, but these people are still super valuable for their future if they're booked correctly. Like, it's a, uh, I, I like the position they're in a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, just give me one second. You're good. Uh, I was thinking to myself too, like, how crazy would it be just like on a dynamite to have like the Young Bucks versus Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, you know? Like, matches that you never thought you would see and 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 that's what I'm excited for like like when Brian and Punk get there the shift that will happen of just like dream matches and then hopefully you know more things open up and then you're gonna have the forbidden the forbidden door use more and I I just I think sky's the limit you know I was listening to the wrestling observer and they were talking Brian Alvarez was talking about like active wrestlers on WWE side and AEW side and it was like 24 males and 10 females for SmackDown and it was like 34 males and I don't know like 12 females or something for Raw and AEW has 79 active wrestlers and that's really one of the differences is like, first of all, at this point, if I'm the WWE, I don't need a brand extension. I'm letting all these people go. Like, I need to just focus on the 25, 26 people that I want to keep active all the time. Do it on both shows, right? So it's probably like 50 wrestlers, 60 wrestlers. And I'm just dividing them between two shows, but it's just one big roster. That's it. Like, I don't need all these guys. And uh, I think that that would help them tremendously. I think one of the worst things that they're doing right now is just repetitive matches, repetitive storylines. Like, it's just the same thing. And with AEW, it's like, you know, you get people from New Japan showing up. You get Nick Gage showing up. You get Juventud Guerrero showing up. You just get all sorts of different stuff that's just like a mixed bag that just constantly keeps your attention. Yeah. Well, and I would also definitely need to bring up, you mentioned that, a big part of why, you know, WWE is in the position it's in and it's stale and they're losing their, you know, their demographic of fans like us and the, the numbers reflect that 
you mentioned the uh, like the matches, the rematch after rematch after rematch. That's definitely a big part of it for sure. But it also doesn't help when you have dolls winking mid match at wrestlers and costing them matches, like magical dolls um, and hopscotch with. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Last night, I found I saw this today. I put it. I actually watched it right before we went live, just so I would know. Last night in a match between Piper Nevin, who's now called Dewdrop, right, Dewdrop, and she was she was wrestling Alexa Bliss. They put the doll like the doll was just like sitting on the top turnbuckle in one of the corners, and at a point in the match, the camera like the 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 camera we're seeing, but the crowd obviously isn't seeing this. The crowd's live just seeing the doll. Like, they're just seeing the doll on the, and they're seeing the match live. But what we see as viewers is the camera at one point just zooms right in on the doll's face, and the doll goes, and, like, this sound, like, this, like, magic sound played. So all the live audience would have seen, they probably showed it on the screen, I'm guessing, like, for the live crowd, but it was just this, like, noise and the doll winking. And then Piper Nevin's, like, selling it, like, like, oh, no, I'm so scared. And then she gets rolled up by Alexa Bliss and loses. So, like, that, like, exactly. Now, I have to say it, though. I've been saying it week after week after week after week after week for everyone listening. And not even, I'm not even roasting WWE by saying this. I promise. I'm just telling the truth. If I was, like, six years old, this might be okay. So, like, I see it's a, it's a, this is one billion percent of this point. This is straight up for kids. Like, if you're an adult and you're watching the show, Stop complaining about it because you are watching. You might as well be watching Dora the Explorer. Like, you you know what? You'll learn more from Dora the Explorer. You might learn a second language a little bit. But, like, Raw, if you are above the age of 10 years old and you're watching Raw and you're, like, tw- like tweeting angrily, like, breathing really heavy into your keyboard and and, <laughs> and, 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 and tweeting away and just complaining and doing We podcasts, want Wyatt. We want yeah. Wyatt. And that's the thing. I'm not even complaining. Like I tell, I need to make that very clear. I'm not complaining. I just have accepted it for what it is. But people yeah. need to get this. Like you're watching a magic doll winking at people now. Like you're watching hopscotch and slime. Like you're watching. This is a. This is This is. This is a complete kinship. See, you're. Thank you, Kent. Says my seven year old loves raw, and that's because it's written for your seven year old. You know what I mean? Like that. The, ding, 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 ding. So once again, I don't have any issue with any of this as like somebody who understands what this is. But if you're my age and you're watching Raw and you're like, oh, I can't wait for it to get better. Yeah. Raw, it's not. Like this is what it is now. It's The yeah. game has completely changed for what this company is. And not only that, like we really need to deep dive into NXT, but like the thing is, is, like I felt like NXT pushed the WWE into a direction they did not want to go. And now that Vince has basically given himself the green light to destroy NXT, I think this company is about to really like go backwards. And it couldn't happen at a worse time going up against AEW with so much momentum. And it's either they really don't understand what is like becoming this like unbearable monster that is ready to hit them in the mouth or like they just don't care. And they're just focused on whatever they want to do. And they're like living in their own bubble. You know what I mean? They're living in their own bubble. 100%. Like they are not in the wrestling business 
at all. They are in the entertain. They are in the trying to become synonymous with all children's programming bubble. Like they want to be on Nickelodeon. They want to be involved with with this kind of like. I mean, I think they do, but I also think they want the adult audience as well because they do bring in people like Bad Bunny, and they did want to have Cardi B. Like they want pop culture. They brought in Jake, but aren't Paul. they for kids too? Those are all for kids. I uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, WAP and all that stuff. Well, is I mean, really sure. There's Paul. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, and like when I was a kid, is... I was listening to rat explicit CDs. But see, it's like they mean? want pop culture also. And they want adult pop culture. That's what they're using to try to keep like an adult audience. So they're having like a mixed bag of how they're booking this stuff. And I just think it's really bad. Overall, I just think it's really bad. But like, I'm not sure what direction they want to go in. But so, you know, I listened to Bully Ray and he really summed it up with basically saying like, does the, the New York Yankees want their minor league team to be better than them? Because that is kind of what was happening with NXT and WWE. And Vince would have to hear about it constantly. And, like, he gave it a chance. He let it be its own brand. And they lost to AEW. And when they lost to AEW, Vince did what he did with ECW. He got tired of hearing those three letters chanted at his events. He knew that he owned the company. And he decided to destroy it. He decided to kill it. Because he didn't just, like, end it. He made it so uncool and so terrible that, like, you felt stupid chanting ECW in the future when it was over. Like, I feel like that is where NXT is heading. And so that is why I put Rest in Peace NXT, because the NXT that we knew that a lot of people loved is absolutely dead. And if it's not dead yet, it will be shortly after this takeover and their new direction that they're going. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, based on the last round of cuts, cause we haven't done a show since those, uh, those cuts, the other yeah, week that we'll Sean reported, that. but, but the only thing that, I mean, you just, you just look at it and it's like, yeah, it's, it's very like 205 live, but that's basically done. Like, yeah, I mean, that show is for sure going to get canceled, right? I mean, like, they just got rid of Alex Zane and, and uh, Anthony Henry, who were, like, the only two guys that were really worth watching on that show at that point after they got rid of Devarian and Nice during the last round and Stallion and uh, August Gray and stuff. Like, they, they've they gutted that thing dry. Like, if you turn on 205 Live, it's Ikemen Jiro versus Grayson Waller, who, no disrespect to those guys, but, like, that's not the same as watching Ari Sterling slash um, yeah. Alex Zane on the show. It just isn't. Right. Um, NXT UK, the only thing saving them at the moment, I feel like, is the fact that those wrestlers are getting paid a lot less in general than the people in the U.S. working for, like, the main, the main company. Like, their contracts are way lower. Um, that said, it's still probably a money pit. They're probably still losing a lot of money, and Nick Khan and whoever else is involved is probably noticing that, and who knows how much longer that's going to last. And I'd say the same thing about NXT itself. Like, why have NXT at all if you are going to try to develop all your own talent again? Just have the PC, and, and you, you can maybe have an Evolve-type show with a- NXT or whatever. But, like, yeah. but it seems like the focus of what you need to be doing is trying to de- develop your own stars, if that's what you're trying to do. Right. Because... The, the formula that was working for NXT so well 
initially when it was all started, right, it was like there was it was mainly PC trainees or people that they they had molded with a little bit of indie sprinkled in, with like El Generico sprinkled in, and yeah. you know what I mean, Neville sprinkled in, but. Yeah. But then when it became more and more about just a super indie and just in talent hoarding and getting all the top indie names, then it just became a super indie, which is great. But once again, the problem I've talked about this before, AEW does a better job at what NXT is trying to do. So now you're not going to, you're just not getting that talent anymore. And the talent that they want doesn't want to come there anymore. Like there's people turning down contracts left and right by the WWE over the last few months. Like you're, so they're in a position where like the top indie talent's not going to want to go there. So they have to try to create their own stars from scratch or from other sports or whatever. So NXT is going to be drastically different if they wind up doing that. Like quote unquote takeover shows is going to be two guys putting each other in headlocks and running the ropes and doing drop downs and, and missile drop or you know, drop kicks from their feet or whatever. Cause it's just going to be very basic, very just trying to train people and teach people. But once again, it's because they're not if, – if you're a top indie star right now, like, why would you sign with the WWE? I totally agree. Like, I totally agree. just like, wouldn't make any sense. Like, people can – sorry, but people can say money, but AEW can pay you the same type of money. Like, there are options now outside of money. Yeah, I mean, they were saying that Adam Cole made, like, 100000 a year. Like, that's what a report – I'm not saying that's fact or not, but he's, like, one of their bigger names, too. And, like, Mojo said he was only getting paid, like, 39000 a year. So it's not like these guys are getting paid like these astronomical huge salaries to go to the WWE and just like get destroyed. And now, like I said, too, like they're not letting them keep their names. They're not letting them build their brands. They're they're owning everything that they're being a part of. And I, I just think it's a terrible idea if you're an indie guy. Now, I will say if you fit their mold, you know, maybe not the worst idea like like your guy, Joshua Bishop, like, I still think he could go there and, and be something for them. You know, he has the look like it would work. And he's still like 23 or something. Right. Like, like yeah. I think he would be right up their alley, but I feel like guys like an LA night, things like that, like that's more what they're looking for. They're not looking for these indie guys anymore. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, Blake Christians, he's gone. Like, as soon as they figure out, like, a way to move on from that, even though he's new, they're not going to keep people like him. Well, they don't care. Like, Stallion, or, uh, well, yeah, Stallion was there for, like, less than a year. Anthony yeah. Henry and Ari and Alex Zane were, like, six months. I mean, Blake Christian got signed with those guys. And the signed. crazy thing about Alex Zane is, is he has the size, and yeah. he's not that old. Like, he's only, like, maybe 34, 32, 34, something like that. Like, but he's like he, six two, yeah. Yeah, but he's six two, and he can move like a cruiserweight. Like you didn't have to put him in two hundred five live. You could have moved him up, but you chose not to because, like, and so that's my thing is like I just feel like that there's more like almost like a a resentment that like they're just upset in the situation. Like this is all I have. This is all that you've given me. Well, we're just gonna cut all this and like. Bronson Reed, like everyone's shocked about that one. I've never been his biggest fan, even when he was Jonah Rock in the Indies. But I did see that, like, you know, he was gaining momentum. People were enjoying him. They were talking about moving him to the main roster, and then they just outright cut him. Like, I I don't I don't know, but I do think that it's better for the wrestling business as a whole because I think that one 
hoarding talent is a bad thing no matter what. Like at the end of the day, if you're not going to use talent and you're just signing them to keep them away from someone, it just hurts everybody in the long run. At first it's great and all, like they got signed, they're getting paid, it's lovely. But like at the end of the day, if you're going to sign somebody, they need to be used. And they were hoarding an unbelievable amount of talent. Like with between these past two years, they've released like 119 people. Like that's a whole entire company. You know what I mean? And a lot of those people they weren't using. And a lot of those people were wanting their releases because they weren't being used. So to me, it's just, uh, it, it, I, I don't understand this culture now of like being furious at firing wrestlers. Like this happens all the time. And a lot of these guys have been living there rent free. They haven't really been contributing at all. And they've been, they've been able to stay with the company and do nothing. So for the company to finally say like, look, the rent's due and we're not interested anymore. That's their prerogative. They can do that. And at the end of the day, they're probably going to be better off because they're going to be able to be used again. They're going to be able to get their name out there. All wrestling is going to be better shows, better companies, like bigger rosters. Like in the end, it's going to work out for, for everyone. Yeah. I think what people are more so upset with than like people getting released is that the WWE caused a lot of these wrestlers to burn bridges with other companies by signing with them. Like that's a big part of the issue. I think that you're missing is, is that like a lot of these people that are getting let go, like had offers elsewhere. And then were like, Oh, the WWE just gave me everything I want. And like, I've always wanted to work for the WWE. So I'm going to go do that instead. And they sign like three year deals and get fired in six months. Yeah. Like, I mean, those ones I get, those ones I get, but there are some that have been there for 10, 12, 10, 15 years. And like when they've just decided to finally let them go and they haven't done considerably anything there. Yeah. I understand that for sure. I get that. But like the, I thought the, the Anthony Henry one was terrible. I mean, he moved his family in January. Like he put it all on the line. The guy was talking about possibly retiring and he decides to move his family and take a risk and he's already cut. Um, I thought they didn't give, uh, Alex Zane a chance at all like there's a lot of guys that but to me also it shows that they had these plans and for whatever reason plans didn't work out they decided that to show. move it was, on it was that evolve show that never took off right yeah I think that's why they got a lot of these guys was for that and then they put see, them on 205 like, Live thought, in the meantime I thought the long game would be evolve would be like your really developmental guys right like your your Vince McMahon types that you want to actually develop into stars from the scratch. And I thought NXT would be your like elite upper tier indie workers. And that would be your like third brand. Like I thought that's how they were going to do things. And, you know, and, and like, honestly, I think COVID has, has been a big part of it too. Like, I think that they, they had a lot of plans and they all got altered because of COVID. And now that it, they're back on touring and stuff, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. Like they've just decided not to. So I think that that's been an issue as well. Yeah, I agree. Everyone real quick, make sure to hit the uh, thumbs up button on the video. We have like 40 something people watching. We got like 22 thumbs ups. I think from the last time I saw. So if you can just hit that button, we'd really appreciate that. Um, and I saw dirty with the uh, super chat, always killing it in here. Thank you. Yeah. Dirty man. I really appreciate it. Um, opinion on smoky mountain wrestling. 
So I haven't like watched archives and archives of the stuff, but you know, I think it worked really well for its time. And I think that, you know, it took wrestling seriously and it was booked pretty like it was book smart, but it wasn't like over the top, overly creative. It just was like a really good, like Southern wrestling show. But I think that Jim Cornette showed you if you take that same philosophy and you put it in like ring of honor in modern day, it doesn't work. And I think that that is more so um, my beef with Cornette now is it's like, he still wants to make everything smoky mountain and he doesn't want to evolve at all. And so for its time, I thought it was, is really well done, but I don't think that it's necessarily has a huge fan base in 2021. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really cool thing that he, he accomplished like back then, like to have guys like Jericho and Lance storm. And like, I think Kane at one point was there and stuff. And, um, but they had a lot of really good talent there. And I think Jim Cornette is a great mind for wrestling. I know that there's a lot of people that dislike him for a lot of the stuff he says. I totally get that. But like, I think that it's just, I just wish he would, I wish he would just like soften his stance a little bit and just realize like that, what you were saying, that style and everything, that presentation just doesn't really work the way it used to, but the talent is absolutely out there still and like Cornette could be contributing so much to developing the characters like you could take somebody with like no personality that's like one of the best athletes we've ever seen and Cornette could like mold that dude or that woman or whoever into something special because of all of his experience if he would just like get out of his own way but did you did you hear him uh what he said about Tony Khan the other day when uh this was really good he actually um uh, when uh, Bobby Eaton passed away, yeah. Cornette, Cornette did a podcast and he was like really, really, he did a couple of podcasts and he was really, really, you know, Upset. torn up about it. Right. Yeah. And he basically, he was like, Hey, like, I don't know who can get a hold of Tony Khan. Like obviously me and him have no way to get in touch at this point. But like, he was like, if anyone's listening with AEW, like what Tony Khan said about Bobby, all those nice things and how respectful he was, he was like, He's like, thank you. He's like, tell Tony Khan, thank you for me. And he was like, super sincere about it. And he was like, he even said, me and Tony Khan might not, ha- we might be on two totally opposite sides of what we like about pro wrestling. He said, but Tony Khan isn't a terrible person. We just have different philosophies on wrestling. And he thanked him like multiple times for how, for how he put over Bobby Eaton and everything, uh, since he passed away. So it was, it was nice to hear Cornette being genuine too, because that's another thing people don't, I don't think fully understand. He is, he's a gimmick. Like his, his show that he's doing, he's saying outrageous stuff like a shock jock because it keeps his name always, always out there. But even he, like, he doesn't want Tony anything actually bad to happen to Tony Khan. You know what I mean? But when AW started there, I think he himself has said that like he was one of the first people AW reached out to to help book the show and like be a part of the company, but he didn't want to do all the traveling. And he also then he then the product wound up being totally different than what he would have done with the product. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think there's a soft spot there. Even though he talks all this trash about the company, I think there is a part of him that wants to see that company succeed. So, um, that all said, it was nice to hear Cornette being genuine and, and being really really nice. I mean, he literally said he's like that was a really cool thing you did, Tony. Like that was cool. You know what I mean? Like so, 
It was nice I mean, to hear. At the end of the day, Tony's a huge fan. Like, and so it's like, it, it's, and it's not just like he was a fan because he started watching the Attitude Era or WC. That like he was watching. He goes back. Like he was a tape trader, and he go back and watch like NWA and Smoky Mountain and Stampede Wrestling and all of it. So like, he he knows his stuff. So yeah, it's uh, it's always good to have somebody that's involved like that. But um. Yeah, like, I mean, imagine if Cornette was the manager of the Pinnacle and, and not Tolly Blanchard or something like that. Like, a, a Cornette, Cornette could bring a lot. But, I mean, at the end of the day, his bread and butter right now is is trashing AEW and modern wrestling. Um, and it is what it is. Like, take it with a grain of salt. Well, it's basically, like, for anybody who maybe doesn't follow what Cornette says and stuff but watches AEW, just pay attention every time uh, Dan Lambert gets a microphone in AEW. Yep. He's ba- he's basically doing the Cornette promos as as Dan Lambert, but like he's basically saying the things that Jim Cornette is saying on his podcast. Yeah. For sure. Uh and he's gonna say something tomorrow. So yeah. we'll see I'm what excited. he has to say and, and I'm see what, yeah, that's what that. I want. That's what I want to know. And also uh like Dirty said he sent a super chat for us to answer that question. If y'all send those super chats, we'll make sure to put it on the screen for you, answer your questions. Read out your statements. I put up all the audio for this the following day on my Fight Talk podcast feed, so people will still hear your questions and uh, and hear everything you have to say. Uh, you know, in future days if they're not here live. Plus, it helps support the channel, which I really appreciate, yes. and it allows us to uh, do more of these and get equipment that we need and all sorts of stuff like that. So, any super chats you guys can send, I definitely appreciate. Um, and another thing I was thinking too about NXT is like, where would the women's division be? like without NXT because I really feel like NXT pushed the women so much forward for WWE and all of it. And like if NXT never happened or if it was like Vince's vision, like I don't think we would be where we are with women's wrestling if it wasn't for NXT. So that's a really, really good point. Like that, that really, cause a lot of those, four horsewomen matches on NXT. Yes. Like that's what created enough buzz for the WWE to be like, okay, like we got like Sasha and Bailey are like having match of the night and main eventing these shows. And like the internet's blowing up about it. Like we need to be putting this on raw and SmackDown. So yeah, you're, I mean, that's a really good point. And it makes me somewhat concerned. Like, will, does Vince have the balls is, would he be willing to take women wrestling backwards and start to have more divas models, all that stuff again? Like, are we just really going to turn back the clock on this whole thing? And just, he's just basically going to like act like this whole thing was a failure. I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about on that end. I'm assuming if they go back, if they wind up doing what we're kind of assuming they do and they kind of go back to the starting from scratch with, with brand new people and stuff, I guess, see, the good thing with the WWE currently with their women is, like, they have enough right now to last them, like, a long time. Like, actual, like, women stars that, unless they leave for other companies, like, I hope Charlotte comes to AEW at some point. I think that'd be incredible. But, well, it sounds like Andrade's really pushing for that too. So yes, yeah. and her dad's about to be pushing for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, uh, I, but then I think after that they'll probably go back, go more into a mode of like hiring top women's talent that's elsewhere, and then just putting them straight onto Raw or SmackDown. 
like getting like a Thunderosa or somebody like that. And I'm not saying her specifically, but somebody like that's already ready somewhere else. And just putting her right on Raw or SmackDown and not putting them in NXT first is what I'm going to guess. But they have – that's one thing about WWE I'll always give them credit for. Like, the storylines suck ass usually, but the women's roster they've assembled for uh, across all their brands, they – like, because even the ones we don't talk about often, like the ones that are even are on the main roster, because you got obviously Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, uh, um, um, who's who's the – Bill Bianca Belair. Um, you got a lot, and then you have like Io Shirai and like you know, they're Austin, uh, Nikki Cross, uh, Rhea Ripley. Actually, yeah, she's booked. I mean, they're they're the talents there. You can you can create a division off of that for a long time. Um, but but yeah, yeah. I, what's the super chat? Because this has to do with women's wrestling. I see Chelsea Green there. Random, but Chelsea Green. I notice a lot of people bag on her for things. Does she play victim a lot, or did uh, she when she was released? So here's the thing. Like, I like Matt Cardona a lot, right? And I support Matt Cardona. And Chelsea is his fiance. They plan on getting married and all that stuff. But I'm not a big Chelsea Green fan, and she's – regardless whatever you want to say about Chelsea Green at the end of the day, she gets her name brought into stuff a lot, whether it's her fault or not, drama finds her. Like she did that thing. She did that shady thing to that artist that she got that was, on. That was pretty screwed up. Yeah. Right. She, she stuck her nose in her, in, in the Tessa thing. She, she wanted to speak out against Tessa when all those girls were attacking her when she really didn't need to. She just decided to, I want to be involved type thing. Um, she's she's now broken her wrist. I don't know how many times and she keeps getting booked and like falls back on that. Like, I don't know. There's just so many things that end up with her. And then not only that, like when you watch her and Matt together, you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. But like they're, they say it works and they're happy. But like they're total opposites, but opposites do attract. So it is what it is. I just, I, 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 I almost somewhat question her motives. Like, I don't know if she's really in this for, for like without some of it being clout with her name involved. I don't know. I, when I first saw her was uh, going into all out and she was like the madness or whatever. And um, I thought she was pretty entertaining. I thought she was pretty good, but like, as the more I've seen her of her personality, um, I'm not the biggest fan. I know they had a local show here in Texas that she agreed to be booked in against uh, Rachel Rose. She was the main event and she basically pulled out and said that I have further commitments that are actually on TV. So I'm not going to do your show. And they had to cancel the entire show. So um, stuff like that. I just, she just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I do understand where you're coming from with that. I, I, have the same kind of vibes with a lot of it to be honest i really didn't like the the thing with the uh with that artist like her just blocking this dude and all all he was asking for was credit like not not even like hey put my name all over everything was just like hey you're using all of my artwork can you at least just like one tweet so people like know where to buy it because like you know what i mean like it's my art (laughs) so which is like a totally normal thing like when i edit videos for like large youtube channels like, I expect my name to either be on the screen or at the very least be in the description of the video. Like, because I 
I work freelance just like an artist would. And like, that's how you get more business unless you, unless they're willing to hire you full time, which is just really rare in a freelance type role. So like, and then I know what you're talking about with the, with like when you see them together and like the vlogs and stuff, like yeah. it seems like she doesn't even like him. Like, yes. he's all, like, like she's always like, he's always, she's like always annoyed by everything he yes. does. But, but I also think that that probably partly is like when the camera's rolling, cause she probably thinks she's too cool to like be in the action figure scene or like yeah, the, that bothers me. Cause that's like, that's him. No, I know. Like it, it, I, I feel the same exact way about it. Like I totally know what you're saying, but um, well, once again, like, who am I to say who who you should and shouldn't be with? You know, I, he might he might be well, incredibly she happy. A comment, she made a comment one time, too, where she's like, I'm not really a bell-to-bell re- a wrestler, but, like, I can definitely wear tight shorts and push my boobs out and still have a good match with the fun storyline. And I'm just like, I hate wrestlers like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I just, there's everything she says, and it's like, it will not a month will go by where Chelsea Green did something that pissed somebody off or rubbed somebody the wrong way or people have tried to cancel her or whatever. So it's like I don't hate her. I'm just a little bit leery about her, I guess you would say. So I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. But like, I'm gonna support Matt. I I hope it all works out. I mean, trust me. I would think there's definitely things that he does that would get on her her nerves. He is kind of OCD. I can't imagine coming to the house and seeing 27 Amazon packages at the door and all that <laughs> stuff, but I'm, you know, um, so I do get it. So it's, it's not all that, but um, does it feel like he's kind of carrying her career right now? Kind of right now. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Like, and I think that uh, it's like on one of their more recent videos I watched, and it was them at like Disney or something after yeah. the GCW show. Yeah. And she's like complaining about him, like getting like multiple meals. Yep. And it's like, like, I hate to be this blunt about it, but it's like, is it cause you're not getting booked? Like, like, why are you so concerned about the money he's spending? Like you're also in the same business he is. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and then he's like, I don't want to be room with her. I don't want to travel with her. I do my <laughs> own thing. I want to like have my, I don't want room service in the room. She does like, I have my own schedule, my own routine. And she's like, babe, you don't want to be with me. And it's like, oh, so cringy. And like, I go and listen to the Renee interview on oral sessions with I both couldn't. of them. I couldn't do I, it. I, I listened the whole hour. And it was like, do you remember that time where we had like that drag out fight? And we we're in like, Matt's like, no, I don't really remember. And she's like, you know, the one, the, the big fight. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't. It's just Ugh. stuff like that where I'm like, Ugh. so we'll see. We'll see. I think I think she's decent in the ring. I'll say that. Like I don't think she's yeah. like the worst women's wrestler I've ever seen. But she also doesn't like blow my socks off either. Like it's I can take or leave Chelsea Green. Like as far as like, but that's you what know, watching her as a wrestler. Like, when you hear about her attitude, like that sounds like to me someone that isn't really trying to get better either. Like I'm just who I am. I'm going to show off my body and I'm going to do my couple moves and then I'm done. Like, no, not, that's not, that's not women's wrestling in 2021 anymore. You know what I mean? So, which, which honestly, it made a lot of sense why she was in WWE. And I, I think if she didn't break her wrist multiple times, I think they would have kept her. Honestly, I think they were just like over, 
we've got this storyline for you. We're ready for you to go. And then like, she would get injured. And then it's like, okay, we'll wait for you to come back. We got this storyline for you. We're ready to go. She got injured again. So then it was just like, you know what? Screw this. Let's just move on. So that's how it felt. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We got a few more super chats. Nice. Yes, dirty again. I appreciate it, my man. Um, is there anything about Vince Russo that you respect? Oof. So I guess I, I mean he's a big part of the attitude era, right? Like he did move it forward. He did challenge Vince. He did make Vince think of things that he he let Vince know that the WWE was no longer cool and they needed to do something else, and Vince actually listened to him. So I will give him credit for that. I think him with just like, I think what made Vince Russo and Vince McMahon work well is because Vince McMahon would be able to be like, that's stupid, or we're not doing that, or let's do this instead. And at this point too, Vince McMahon's a very motivated person at this point, right? When you gave Vince Russo like the book, and just nobody's there to question him. Nobody's there to like say, mm, let's scale that back. Let's do that. And, and he just gets to do whatever he wants to do. That's when it goes completely off the rails. That that is like the issue m- mostly with Vince is like for that small period of time when he was working with Vince McMahon and the rock and stone cold and like that attitude era, he was able to, he was able to come up with some really good stuff. But like when you see him that was just on his own, he came up with some of the worst stuff you've ever imagined. And he did the same thing in TNA. So it's hard to like really respect him overall, but he did contribute to some of the greatest angles in wrestling. So you got to give him respect for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's, he needed, as someone in the chat said it as well, uh, Jim, he needed a filter. That's exactly it. Like, that's what that's how he was successful in the WWE, in my opinion, was he was he was giving Vince McMahon like a giant list of crazy ideas. And Vince was ta- it was probably taking one out of every 50. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and he's like, oh, this is Vince Russo's idea. But like, we're going to tweak it this way and that way and like right. we're gonna make it work. But but then when he didn't have that filter, you're getting Judy Bagwell on a forklift matches and stuff like that. So it's right. like that's. You know, you're getting the uh, that cluster frick of uh, of those matches where it's like briefcases in every corner, and like one of them has a title belt, but the other three might get fired or something. Yeah, <laughs> feast or fired. Yeah, like all that kind of trash. Like you're getting you... you're getting AJ Styles and Kazarian in like a reindeer suit and a Santa suit ladder match, like because it's the holidays, you yeah, know, Eric like, Young dressing as a Turkey, every Thanksgiving. Right. Like you're getting the, the sting and abyss stuff. Like the matches were great, but man, to get there, it, there was some rough stuff. You know what I mean? Judas Macias and all this other stuff. Like it just got really hokey and every pay-per-view was like a gimmick match, every single one. And just, uh, and like, don't even want to talk about WCW. Like, him. <laughs> booking himself as like a main eventer and giving Arquette the title and just, Oh my God, just awful stuff. It's wild that Judas Macias is like still doing it. Like, yeah. As a Mortis or whatever. Now King Muertes is the, uh, the, whatever they call that title belt, like the Pacific champion or Caribbean champion at MLW now. He's on, yeah, 
He's on the next Loco show. I'll get to see him wrestle. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's still solid. Like for for what he for what he is, he can still he can still go. Yeah. Um, that show's wild, dude. Like I'm gonna see Ninja Mac versus Loki, but then there's like Savio Vega and him and like just this. It's all over the place. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's your oh, yeah. uh, Masada versus Gino. In like a well, like the deathmatch death wrestler Masada. Yeah. Yeah. Against Gina Medina. Yeah. And it's gonna be like a death match. I don't know if I've ever seen Gino do a match like that. Yeah, he did one. He did one of those like without the ring, and he he did smash like a light tube over Lowrider and stuff like that. But he hasn't like gone all in, so we'll see how that goes. That reminds me. I just don't want to forget to bring him up during the show. That ASF kid is unreal. Yeah, he's awesome, right? Dude, I've only seen him maybe like three to five times tops. I saw him definitely on that GCW Loco show. Yeah, then I yeah. saw him again this weekend at the GCW yep. show. With that Jimmy kid, Lloyd. I think he's more, and I love Ninja Mac. Like, I, trust me, I'm a big Ninja Mac guy, but I think ASF's better and has more potential than he does. Like, that ASF kid, like, he moves like Rey Mysterio in 96. Like, he's bouncing around the ropes doing stuff I've never seen before. Like, um, I'm yeah, super like, impressed with that kid. Like, dude, like ASF, Dante, and Ninja Mac, like all are all are like 40 minutes down the road that I get to watch wrestle. It's great. I love it. You're welcome for forcing <laughs> yeah. me into this world. This is this is a great world to be in. ASF is uh he's in the tournament, the Texas tournament. He's facing um Trey Blair or whatever. Uh, Trey Lamar? Yeah, Trey Lamar. He's facing oh, dude, Trey Lamar. Trey Lamar is solid. Yeah. Um so the, yeah. the first the first round is ASF and Trey Lamar. That'd be really good. Trey just did um AEW Dark, I think, recently. I know he did uh the impact, like the cruiser or the X Division Cup thing they did a few yeah. months back. Um, but I've been watching him on the Indies for a minute. He was a guy when like Blake Christian and Alex Zane and Ben Carter and all those guys got signed. I was like, Trey Lamar is gonna be like one of those next guys up to fill those spots. Yeah. Um and yeah, so do that. That'll be sick. ASF is it Antonio San Francisco? It's something San yes. Francisco. Yes, Antonio, it's San, Antonio Francisco. San Francisco. I yeah. like his music too. It's like a little happy, like <laughs> that kid's sick. If y'all shout out to ASF. If y'all haven't seen this kid wrestle, like he, oh, you know who he really reminds me of, and I do not. I, I've already said Mysterio. He reminds me of Amazing Red. Like you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the, the stuff he's doing. Like because I just haven't. He's doing. It's really rare in 2021 to do moves I haven't seen before, yeah. and like he's doing that stuff. Like, yeah. it's, it's awesome. So, like, I'd heard about him in Corpus Christi a lot, but I hadn't seen him. And so, when I went and saw GCW, that was the first time I saw him. And then he was just on the card uh, with Izzy James in that Davy show, and he it was a dog collar match, and he was a uh, he faced Izzy James in a dog collar match. Um, go back and watch that that show. It's 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 pretty good. It's on the IWTV. Um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, he's he's being booked quite a bit now. And then the uh, Chris Carter is facing Dante Leon uh, for the Loco title, the next Loco show. Nice. So, That'll be great. Yeah. So between like Chris Carter, Ninja Mac, ASF, Dante Leon, like there's there's a lot of good. Lo- then you've got Brian Keith. Mysterious Q, Roxy, Rachel Rose, like they've got a pretty solid lineup. 
And then uh, Kurt Stallion is is going to be on the next show, the Elijahwan show. Stallion Rogers, you mean? Yes, yes. And uh, Cole Radrick's going to defend his title. So there's there's a lot of good stuff going on. He's like the Lone Star champion or whatever yeah, for there. Yeah, um, yeah. Star champ. Love Cole Radrick. Um, yeah, if y'all want to check out independentwrestling.tv, that's where a lot of this stuff airs. Use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. Use one word, no spaces, and that helps me out when y'all use that. So please do that. Independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. And uh, Cabana Man Dan was the first time I saw him wrestle this weekend. I watched him on uh, TV uh, in that tournament. I watched him, and I watched Daniel Garcia versus that guy that looked like he was from Graham Bell. Graham Bell, dude, that match ruled. I love those guys. Yeah, it was good. Dude, Graham Bell comes out with the bazooka and shoots yes. it off. I was <laughs> like, "This Mad Max looking dude, what is this?" But no, it was it was pretty good. He's he's like traveled to like Japan and Mexico and like so he's like he's he's really like pulling all these different styles because I'm sure you notice like he throws really strong kicks and yeah. he does the, he does the tenru style elbow where he like back to the ring falls back yeah. on people and stuff like I love that kind of stuff. I'm a one of my favorite matches last year was Graham Bell versus Manders. And it yep. happened um, at Action Wrestling out of Tyrone, Georgia. It's on IWTV. Highly recommend checking that match out, everybody. I mean, like, yeah, Graham, yeah, Graham Bell and Daniel Garcia was probably my favorite match of the entire weekend, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I, if you guys watched AEW, what did you guys think of Daniel Garcia? I thought he looked awesome. And I what I loved, too, what AEW did nice was they showed you enough of him that if you sign him in Darby, it's like, oh, I want to see that. Even if I'm not even a big Daniel Garcia fan, just from what I saw, it's like you could see the potential. And so to get Darby and Daniel Garcia on next week's Dynamite or tomorrow, uh, that's that's dope. So um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's Dynamite. Okay, so let's talk about this too. Um, Christian. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's all out or do you think it's going to be like a rampage or a future dynamite or something like that? It should have been like this Friday's rampage, in my opinion. If um, if not, I do like the idea of Friday Chicago sold out. Like you do, you get Kenny Omega and Christian and you get CM Punk's debut. Like, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if something happens where like Kenny retains at the end of the show, like that's when a big surprise drops. Or, I mean, I know, I know it's clearly building to like Darby and CM Punk, so it'd make the most sense if like Darby was in the ring and he's like, "I'm right here. Y'all know who I'm calling out. Like, let's see if he's got the balls to show up." Yeah. And Punk just comes out, and it's like, "Oh damn! Like he's actually here." Um, but even you know, I I I will say this. Because I, I doubt they do it all on one show, but right. I would I would pre- I prefer if they did Kenny Omega and, and Christian. I don't really necessarily care where it happens. It even could happen at All Out. It, and the reason that like it wouldn't be that I, I don't love that as like the the title match for yeah. a pay per view. But there's so much other stuff going on on the show that if you did Christian and Kenny, and like right after the match, Brian Danielson came out to final right. countdown. Like that's like that's worth the whole moment. Like doing yep. that match, and then like this is but this is the big moment is Daniel Bryan square is going face to face with Kenny after the match. Yeah. Like because that's what I would do. I would I would have we've talked about it before, but I'd have Kenny and and, and Daniel Bryan like right off the bat. Yep. Um, but 
But yeah, if if not, if they don't do that, they so need the only to thing that makes me do it soon. Sorry. So the only thing that makes me think too is like, if you don't do that, then why did you pull Adam Page away from the title shot? Like that seemed like that was the plan. And then it's like you sign CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and then you're like, okay, we're not going to do that just yet now. So like, I feel like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are going to play a role in the title match. I could be wrong, but I feel like something is going to happen there. So we'll see. But um, I, I, I just, I really don't want Christian at all out. But honestly, if it happens, and like you said, because I just don't see all out ending and Daniel Bryan hasn't debuted it at that point. Like, I don't think they're going to wait till Arthur Ashe. I think Daniel Bryan might make his entering debut at Arthur Ashe, but I don't think they're going to wait for the debut. Unless, like I've said before, even though like you see, here's the thing. A lot of the time when I'm thinking about AEW, I don't even want to like overthink it because they seem to just do what makes sense. Like, regardless. Yeah. So, like, so in my mind, I'm like, there's no way that, but I've said it before. If they, if, with the way AEW works and the way that they're able to build all these surprises and the roster they already have and the momentum the company has, they could they could hypothetically go into all that all out with Kenny Omega just in the ring with no challenger and like we just get Daniel Bryan, yeah. like you know what I mean? They could just do that match right, like just do it on the show if they wanted to and just watch the internet explode, right? Like you know, and then everyone's gonna tune in on Wednesday on Dynamite to hear what Daniel Bryan has to say. Like, 100%. so, but I'm, I'm just not putting anything past AEW at this point. Like they can do really whatever they want. Like nothing's really out of the realm of possibility, but I think most, the probably the most realistic scenario is probably Christian Cage and Kenny Omega at all out for the title. But then you have to have a big moment of, of some, something big has to happen after the match. Or, I mean, if it's at all out, depending on when the match happens on the show, you'd imagine it'd be the last match, but maybe they're in like towards the middle of the card and you have Darby and Punk be kind of like the last thing that happens on the show. Here's another thing too that you have to think of. If you do Christian and Omega, you saw the reaction from the AEW fan base when it was Jungle Boy and Christian. Kenny Omega is the heel, but I just can't imagine a diehard AEW fan base cheering for Christian over Kenny Omega. I I don't know if that's necessarily the reaction that they want from their heel champion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's going to be like a rampage to, or, or a dynamite or something. And then we might find out afterwards what we're getting it all out or whatever. You know what I think we're going to get this week though, because like Pittsburgh, like yeah. I, I think Kurt Angle, I think we're getting Kurt Angle. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, like, because why not? Like, I don't think he's going to come in and wrestle yeah, every yeah, week or maybe wrestle a, at all, but like, or something. like, I saw this awesome scenario that, like, it won't happen because JR totally screwed up on commentary. But, like, when when it, when everyone thought that MJF was going to be the special ref in the Jericho Wardlow match, someone online had, like, the most brilliant idea I've ever seen. And they were like, okay, well, what they should do is, um, is, um, Put ankle, Jer- put him in the ankle, or put MJF in the ankle. Yeah, and, and that's how he would have to. He'd have to count because he's ta- he's like tapping out to the ankle lock, and that's how that he counts work. the one, two, three because he won't count it for Jericho. Um, but even if it's like MJF on the outside and Kurt Angle comes out and like you know 
evens the odds in some way or something. I just feel like AW, they're in Pittsburgh. Angle's not anywhere right now. Like, yeah. And you know he's probably fiending to get involved. Like, he's probably feeling the same way Sting did when he's like, dude, that that my, that retirement from WWE, like, that's not how I want to be remembered. Like, right. you know? I feel you there. So, yeah, uh, no, that – Man, I don't know. I don't think he'll he, – he seems really against uh, wrestling, but I definitely could see him making an appearance. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Chris Warden with the Super Chat. Appreciate it, Chris. Evening, guys. Just away on vacation, but still had to check in and support my boys. Also, if Rampage does big numbers, do you think the network will want two hours? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. And honestly – the, the as many guys as AEW signing right now, like I'm all for Rampage being two hours. I think that uh, I think that you know you sell them on an hour, but if it's something that's just as successful as Dynamite, let's say, then I think they would get two hours, and then that's more money. That's more uh, money for the company. And you know, so many people want to talk about this video game deal and them being in the red and all this stuff. Like, dude, they're fine. I'm I'm not worried about that at all. No, no. Um, you know, honestly, I would be more concerned if they invested like that much money into a movie, because I think what we're seeing now more than ever is the movie industry is dying and you're not able to get the returns on an investment. I saw that like James Bond would need to make $900 million just to be even. And right now, movies aren't even making two hundred million. Like it's a total disaster right now. All these movies are bombing. Nobody's going to the theater anymore. Like it's bad shape. So, like, imagine if AEW invested a ton of money into the movies or something like that. Then that'd be a problem. At the end of the day, if that video, like, they're gonna be just fine. And even if it's not a huge success, I still think they're going to be just fine. They're 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 really gaining momentum. And didn't WWE do exactly that, like with their own film department and everything? Like, yeah, they busted. Oh, yeah. Um, now I'll also ask this because I know what I think, but your opinion: if they do two hours on Rampage, do you have yeah. the first hour overlap the second hour of SmackDown? Yes. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not at this point? Um, and boy, that boy, that gets fun. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people are going to be like, well, "Do I watch Roman Reigns or like Kenny Omega is about to have a match to start the show?" Like, right. like you got to make that choice. And it's or like CM Punk, or yeah, Daniel CM, yeah. Bryan, or Bray Wyatt's about to debut, or well, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no. It, and honestly, I hope their vision of Rampage is like almost like a third hour of Dynamite. Like these yeah. are main event players. This is a big show. This is not like dark elevation with like one big player on it. Like, you know, like how they sometimes have Darby or Sting on dark elevation. Like, I hope that's not their idea of Rampage. I hope Rampage is like a big deal. And there's always like a big match and it's something to look forward to, which in my opinion, that's what it's going to be. I'll be, if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. But right now that's, that's the outlook that I have for it. I feel the same way. And dark and dark elevation are basically like your WCW Saturday night type shows. Yes. Which 100%, which 100% have their purpose. It's a way of getting, it's a way of getting the talents that don't often win on dynamite wins. So they aren't complete losers. And also a way to just continue to establish your actual stars. Like, I think there's definitely room for squash matches, like how they do it on Dark. 
Brian Cage goes out there, does three moves, one, two, three. You see his stuff, and then you know, like, and we'll talk about it in a second with like the UFC during the show. But like, Francis Ngannou versus Surreal Gone literally, literally just writes itself because they're two winners that people yep. want to see who's yep. the best between the two. And yep. then if one of them loses, if they win a couple, they're right back there. Like they never like you know it's. It's not this loss, win, loss, win, loss, and then by the certain point, everyone's just way down here, and nobody's up here. Like, and, you know, and it not only that, like, if you're there live, it is it is a journey. Now you're there for a long time, but you literally get a chance to see like almost the entire roster, like from the, from like like they're literally like between dark and elevation. There's literally like 21 matches. Mm-hmm. And then you have dynamite, which is like another six to eight matches. And then you have like people coming in and out and segments and like, you see almost the whole damn roster. So it's, it's, if especially if you're like a kid, like to be able to see everybody, like that's a very cool experience. Dude, especially like us, like we came up in the era where, like I was watching pay-per-views on scrambled screens and stuff yeah. because like there was no distribution or like my parents didn't have pay-per-view or, or, or God forbid, right? Like you didn't have any kind of like tape VCR thing set up to where you could record the shows you missed. Yeah. Like I used to be so bummed out if I missed WCW Saturday night, I felt like my whole week was ruined because like yeah. I, there were the, I didn't get to see the one show I wanted to watch all week and I didn't have a way of recording it or whatever. And now you literally just go on YouTube. Like everyone has it. They can put it on your TVs, any device you've got, and it's accessible. So if you're a kid who loves pro wrestling, and you're really for any real wrestling fan, but like kids especially, like people can look at the WWE and be like, okay, well, it's, yeah, it's for kids, which it is. But at the same time, kids who love AEW and are going to love AEW, they have access to the product everywhere, just at their fingertips. Like this yeah. is a, this is great stuff. Like it's yeah. awesome to have an option on YouTube like that that's free that people can just watch and enjoy without having to worry about any anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I love it. I love the road twos. I think they're fantastic. They always fire me up. Um, I, I just love when they emphasize on um, bigger like matches that maybe don't seem as big. And then after you watch those, it's like, wow, this feels like a pay-per-view now. Like I, I just love that. And they, they use their social media game, right? This is another thing that I want to talk about too, is like all these journalists are getting nailed. It's like AEW sheep. And what people need to realize at the end of the day, all these journalists are fans, right? And so the reason they put over AEW so much and trash the WWE is the is the reason that we do the same thing. If we're fans, we're happy with the product. And so, like people are like, well, Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp and um, you know, Brian Alvarez and Dave LaGreca and Bully and all these people that they want to smash and like say that they're biased and all this stuff, like they're fans. And so if they think that it's way better, they're going to say it's way better at the end of the day. And people want like, just like straight down the line reporting and stuff. And it's like, you can't do that because one show is giving you what you want. And another show isn't like, it's just simple. Well, most of the, most of the journalists or quote unquote journalists or personalities or whatever that, um, that, support the WWE like like to no end like to just blindly support it are employed are employed by the WWE 
or Fox. Yeah. So yes. it's like, so yeah, Ryan Satin and Sam Roberts. I love Sam Roberts to death, but he's a WWE yeah. shill. It's just the truth. Definitely. Um, uh, Rosenberg, all these guys, they're all, yeah. they're all just, even Ariel Hawani to a degree, yeah. like he's been 100%. tweeting about it a lot. And he's not employed by them, but I had like a quick little combo with him on Twitter the other day. And it was like, he only watches Raw because his kids like it. Because his, right. but like he's fully aware of like what's happening in AEW. You know what I mean? Like for him, AEW probably is a lot more exciting, but he likes to watch Raw because his kids like it so much. If you yep. want a better vibe of like someone that follows MMA that likes is Mark Ramundi. Mark Ramundi's at yeah. PWG, likes AEW, like he goes and sees all the stuff. So like, yeah, I, Dude, I would definitely follow him. I had him on my podcast years ago when he was like just getting into the indies okay. and like and to watch him like because I was that now. Dude, me and him were doing. I was taught we were doing like Wrestle Kingdom uh like reviews and stuff probably like five years ago and. And he was like, he, he was a wrestling fan and he had been a fan before, but he was just kind of getting back into it. And now he's like, yeah, he's so all in on it that he's yeah. on every PWG and he's writing yeah. about wrestling for ESPN and all this stuff. So yeah, it's good to see Mar- Mark's a good dude. I'm happy to see yeah. all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we got 42 people in here. If you haven't liked this video, please do. Um, I'm not sure where we are in the likes right now. But 31. I- 31. So if you guys haven't liked the video, please do. It helps us out. I appreciate it. If you have any more super chats, send them this way. Um, but yeah, man. So GCW, I thought had another great show. I mean, like the first four or five matches were fantastic. So um, I got to pull the card up because I can't remember the full. I watched like five or so shows over this panel. Like top two of days. the dome, Lee Moriarty versus AJ Gray right off the bat. And by the way, they had a huge house for that show. The crowd was on fire. Thing was packed. It looked great. Um, that was a good match. The only thing that was weird is like, was AJ really hurt, or was he just selling that he couldn't be on the top turnbuckle? I think he botched it, but he sold it like it was meant to it. be. He sold it perfect, and they also didn't go back to it. I I, I respected that. A lot yeah. of the time, when a botched spot goes down. They like eventually like they'll just try to do it again like or they'll that'll be the next thing you see is them trying to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ didn't go back up to the top to try it again. The no, only reason I, the only reason I think it was a botch is because it was a tribute to Bobby Eaton. He looked and, up and then he fell. Right, and you figure he would have like just hit the like drop. Right. You know? Um, but that said, I mean, obviously I love AJ Gray and I love uh, Lee Moriarty, so it just things happen. But dude, yeah, like you said. AJ sold it so well that like I'm honestly not 100% sure if it was a boss. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't tell either. It was weird. Um, but, yeah, that was great. And then uh, it was it was either ASF and Jimmy Lloyd or it was Starboy, Charlie, and Chris Dickinson, which I thought both were fantastic matches. Yeah, and Starboy Charlie got that win back from yeah. Dickinson because Dickinson beat him a, a couple months back in a really good one. And I loved it, too, because Sean Waltman was on the commentary. And in his mind, like, there's no way that Starboy's going to win this match. Like, Dickinson's too big and all. And then when he won, it was just like, whoa, wow, okay. But it kind of reminded me of, like, the one, two, three kid watching himself, you know? Like, I, I thought that yeah. was cool. Um and then uh, that got a like from Effie on my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and Speaking then, uh, of Effie, that was another match. Effie and Alley Catch versus SG. Or they're all SGC versus um, dude, Justice and Warner. She brought out a legit knife and cut Justice in the stomach. And I was just <laughs> like, 
Oh wow! Like, it's going pretty far. My brother was freaking out. He's like, "They're not really doing this, are they?" Right? Like, yeah, dude, that's real. Like, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, like she, she legit cut him. She took she took uh, Warder's blood off his forehead and made whiskers with yep. it. <laughs> and then after he put the dot on her nose with it, it's like, yeah, these sick freaks, dude. Yeah, that's exactly but I, but I, what I, came across. But I, but I mean, that's that's what the crowd's there for. And dude. Coming out to Pantera's walk, RVD style, and the the whole crowd—that is such well, a great a lot entrance. Of times is the crowd doesn't get it behind it like they should, but LA did. Like they they were they were really behind it, so it really reminded you of the RVD. I almost want RVD to come out with them one time, just to like pay homage. That would pop uh, those guys so hard. Like Matthew oh. Justice is basically trying, like not trying to be Rob Van Dam, but he's if I if I could pick one guy off the Indies that I'm like. This guy should have been in the original ECW. It's Matthew Justice. That man like, is nuts. That yeah. man is plain nuts. I've seen him in person. He's he's just he's crazy. He's absolutely dude, crazy. Dude probably would give anything to get hit in a chair by uh, Balls Mahoney. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, man, I just wish he would just I no hands it in the chair. Yeah. No hands. Just just get drilled. Yeah. Um, I thought Dante and Ninja Mac killed it. I loved yeah. it. Um, and then. Uh, they unmasked Ninja, even though he wrestles without a mask sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't really get what he wants to do. I'm going to talk to him about that uh, when I see him at Loco. Like mask, no mask. Like, what's the story? Same thing with like Mysterious Q too. Because if you watch Reality of Wrestling, he doesn't have a mask on. But then when you see him on in the Indies, he has a mask on. And he told me it was just like a tribute to Hibusa. But it's like, dude, one or the other. Like, make up your mind. Yeah, I think I think for Ninja Mac, I think they're just kind of like counting on a lot of the newer audience didn't didn't know that he wrestled yep. without a mask before. So yep. now he'll wrestle without it going forward, but it'll be like he was unmasked by Dante Leon. Right. So yeah, like that was great, and then uh, it was Joey Janela and um, uh, Marco Stunt versus uh, Ricky Shane Page and um, Addis, Addis, uh, Atticus, Atticus Ogre. So um, I thought that was good. I, I didn't expect much from the Nick Gage match because I didn't know who he was facing or anything. But, I mean, they went to war. That was a really good match. Like, honestly, that whole show was fire. Who, that, did, that was, who did Jimmy Lloyd wrestle? ASF. That was it. Because that was good. That was really it's good. supposed to be Deppin. And um, Deppin couldn't get in because of, like, travel issues. So I got to say this because I've been kind of not the guy's biggest fan over the years, but Jimmy Lloyd's a lot better than what I've given credit for. Like I got it. Yeah. I just got to keep it real with that. Like he, his physique kind of bothers me, but he's also, he's only like 22 or 23 years was old. He, was he a former kids actor? I think so. So I've been, I've been trying to Google it, find it. I couldn't find anything, but, um, Matt said something to Smart Mark Sterling in one of the things, and he talks about how he's a child actor, and then like he's like, "Was he really?" And then he's like, "We'll talk off the air." So like, I don't know, but I guess there's stuff out there that the, that he was a child actor. So that kid went from being a child actor to a deathmatch wrestler. So well, Crazy. and like, dude, I don't know this for sure. You, I, I hope you can ask him. But when you talk to Ninja Mac, yeah. So when I so I reached out like months back to Ninja Mac to try to interview him, and we wound up, we wound up not being able to do it. But I don't hold anything against him. Obviously, obviously a big fan. But part of the 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 holdup was he has an agent, which is really rare on indie wrestling that you have an agent. 
So um, I'm assuming he's like a stunt man or something that like had there was like maybe an opening on some wrestling shows. He like kind of knew what to do, and then he just got like super over by doing just this crazy these these flips, and then yeah. he just like leaned into wrestling at this point. And he's still trying to figure out like should he be the max the masked guy? Should he not like? Ninja Mac, and he's always changing it like Ninja F U C K Mac or Ninja Kamikaze yeah. Mac, or like yeah. I think he's literally on the fly trying to figure out what to do because he just got kind of like thrown into this. But he's well, going, he's, first, he's his bookings through an agent. See, at so. first he had like the MC Hammer black pants with just a shirt that said Ninja Mac, and now he's like dressed up like a legit ninja. He has a black and a red costume, so it's like he throws Ninja stars, <laughs> and then and then he plays like he he's a dealer. At meet and greets like he he does he he's like dressed in a suit and he does like card games and like you pay to pl- play the dealer and I, I don't know man it's all over the place want to make a bet and i and i don't know if like his agent is like jaime who's like the the guy the loco or like if it's like just uh, some actual random agent, like no idea. Because Jaime, I mean, he has him at his school all the time, um, and and stuff like that. So I I don't know, but he's he's definitely around Houston all the time, and he's a fan man because like like when New Texas has shows, when like RWR has shows, like he shows up just to watch. Like he'll just be in the back with like Lowrider or somebody sitting in the corner watching the shows. So that's cool. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of what he's doing. It's just he I think he's the first person. It's definitely the first indie wrestler that I've ever talked to that, like, had to go through an agent to do a podcast. Yeah, so, that's interesting. yeah, that's it was. Interesting. Yeah. And good for him. I mean, hopefully he just, you know, hopefully they're just setting him up for success. You know, I, 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 he. He's definitely one of my favorite guys on the scene right now. Like he, I, yeah. I really enjoy what he's doing. But so. it's like, can that can that go to mainstream? Like, do you think Ninja Mac could get over in an AEW, or do you think it's just an indie thing, or what do you think? <laughs> you can get over an AEW. There's there's a there's enough of a crossover audience there. All I they agree. need to see him do is that that uh, back handspring, back handspring, back handspring, yeah. back flip over the ropes, and people yeah. would be like, all right, like never seen that before. Like put him versus like uh, Ray Phoenix on on Dynamite or something. You know what I mean? Like, like I think if they did like Pack versus like Cartwheel on Dark, but they let Cartwheel like you know go a little bit, like put do like ten twelve minute match. Like I think they would be like sign that guy immediately. You know yeah. what I mean? I think Cartwheel has a lot of potential. I think he's a little more green than Ninja oh, and ASF. Definitely. But, um, but, but but I mean, if you're AEW and you can sign that kid at twenty one, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. Go for it. You know, yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Also, shout out to Denise, she did a good job. She did. I actually direct messaged her while I was watching the show. I sent her a message. Let me pull it up real quick. I sent her a nice little uh, no, I, I know I sent it to her. Yeah, I said, uh, just had a chance to watch GCW and did awesome on ring announcing. You killed it. So, yeah, Very good, Denise. I did, in fact, make sure to let her know that. And I mean. That's a tough gig. I mean, MLJ is like their dude. And well, I was like, is she going to introduce Nick a Gage? Like, how awkward would that be for her? Like, I, I, I think it'd be awesome, but it'd also be really nerve wracking because that crowd is so like bloodthirsty and yes. just yeah, ready to jump. But and it's like if she messed that up in any way, that crowd would eat her alive. But she she killed it on what she did, and yeah. um, 
and she's into deathmatch. It's like she likes the deathmatch wrestling, which I I didn't know until I started to get to know her a little bit through Fightful. And me and her did a show not that long ago, and during the show, uh, we were talking about something that had to do with deathmatches, and she was like marking out, and I was like, "Wait, you you like this kind of stuff?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, like the bloodier, the more violent, the bad." I was like, "Really?" And she was like, what, just because I'm a girl, I can't like it? And I was like, no, it's because you're a very bubbly girl. Like, it's, it's right. not that you're like, you're like, I just, I did not expect to hear you say that. Right. And I gained a lot of respect for because I'm like, it's one thing to be like indirect. I'm not saying deathmatch wrestling has to be for everybody. I'm definitely not saying that. Pick, pick and choose what wrestling you like. But for her, it's one thing to like be watching WWE and be like talking about it on YouTube. It's another thing to be like watching deathmatch wrestling and then like, you know what I mean? Then going and doing like a, cause she, cause she's so all over the place right now. Like now yeah. like she's, she's got her toes in the deathmatch scene, but she's also got her toes in like the Bellator. Yeah. Bellator. But and she comes from like some, like I, I'm going to misquote the, the, but she comes from like an access Hollywood type yeah. type thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it, it's cool. It's super, super cool that she's, uh, that she's into all this stuff. Like Denise, Denise is awesome. Like for those yeah. of you who don't, or might not be familiar, because she gets a lot of crap too, just because she is a girl and there are people who think that they deserve it more than her and stuff. She works her ass off when me and her do shows together for fightful she does all the work. Like I just show up and give my opinion. She's the one who got the layouts and all the notes and all that. I mean, she, she makes it so easy to work with because she yeah. works so hard. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I will, I will, I'm on team Denise for sure. Yeah, no, she's great. She has such good energy and like she will make you feel excited about raw and that's hard to do. You know what I mean? Like that's an act. That, that, that's, that's a talent in itself. So yeah, props, props to Denise. All right. So let's, let's get a little MMA. Um, so I had absolutely zero interest in surreal gone versus Derek Lewis the week of the fight, but I guess like come Friday, Saturday, I'd watch the press conference. I saw the weigh in. I'm like, all right, I'll look into it. And you know, I'm, I'm not glad I got COVID, but, like, if I didn't get COVID, I probably would have talked myself into going to buy a ticket. And because I had COVID, I didn't have to make a diff- difficult decision. I just – I missed it, right? Um, so, watched the fight, and I was super impressed by Surreal Gone. And then I started watching the countdown shows. Because this, this is the type of ex- obsessive person I am, is when you start to gauge my interest, I want to know everything about you, Right. And so then I'm like, what did I miss about this guy? So I started watching the countdown show. I started looking at his past. So he was 13 to know at Muay Thai. Yep. And then he got trained by the same trainer, Francis Ngannou. They were in the same camps. They trained together. And now he's 10 and 0 in MMA. And so the guy hasn't lost. And one thing that I saw in uh, going back, and then I started looking at his sheer dog record. And I was like, God, dude, he's actually beat some legit names, Rosenstrike and, you know, some other guys. Uh, Volkov. And one thing that that I saw was like, uh, he seems really comfortable at fighting, like he enjoys it. And he's not intimidated. Like he smiles, he's happy. You know, like he doesn't seem like a guy that'd be like, oh, Francis, too big. I don't want to really, you know, he's just like, come on, Francis, let's go. Let's fight. You know, like he seems totally down to fight. So I I'm very intrigued by this fight now. 
Yeah, I think Cyril Gaon is a really good example of like the type of fighter that someone like Joe Rogan has been talking about since like forever with the UFC, where this guy is just like an all around athlete that can do it all. Yeah. But, and he's like, the discipline's there, the the humbleness is there. Like, he's a full, he's a complete mixed martial artist. We haven't had to see a whole lot of him on the ground, but he's so world-class in the striking element. It, it, it's kind of like this, it's one of these things where he's going to present problems for everybody in that division. Yeah. Like, and then, of course, the big question is, like, can he beat, Fran- is he going to fight Francis Ngannou next, and can he beat him? Yeah. Um, which I think, like, I think you got to do that fight next, and you got you got to figure a way of getting John Jones and Stipe in the cage together. Like that's gotta be the, what I love about the sport of MMA is I could give a crap about Derek Lewis and Cyril gone. And by the time that the fight is over, I care about Cyril gone versus Francis Ngannou. And I want to see that fight. That's what MMA has that no other sport has. It can capture you when you don't care. And honestly, Vicente Luque versus Nate Diaz didn't seem like that great of a fight. Now, I think it's a great fight. I think you should do that fight. I I really do. Um, So it's just, MMA just takes care of itself. There's no better sport in the world that just takes care of itself. Yeah, that's very true. And it makes you interested in the whole Francis versus gone prospect because, like Lewis, I don't think I know Lewis technically beat Francis, but like that fight is like such a wash in most people's minds. Like that wasn't really them being them. That was a weird fight. But I think Francis is more dynamic than Lewis is. But at the at the core of it, he's very similar from the sense that like Francis is going to be most successful within the first couple rounds if he can knock you out. Yep. Gone's going to not gas out for five rounds. Yep. He's going to keep distance. He's got good footwork and head movement. He's just a very, very good athlete. He also um, could take Francis down if he's in trouble. You know what right. I mean? Like he's not going to just be stuck standing if he's hurt. He can do stuff. He can try to take him down. He has some jujitsu. Like he's he's a well-rounded fighter. He controlled Lewis in every clinch scenario. Um, a hundred and, 104 strikes to eight. What's the the total copy box between the two? Yeah, and, and and that's another thing too. Like he proved, I don't think he has the same kind of one punch knockout power that Ngannou does. No. But he, but but he can. I the 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 comparison is always the Diaz brothers. But the idea of like you, you punch punch punch, you know, at fifty seventy five percent, and then when you're hurt, he goes in for the kill. And that's I think he's going to be really successful with that. I still think that Ngannou is going to win. Like I, it's just I just can't pick against him right now against anybody. Yeah. But if there's anyone in the division that can beat him, I think Gon has the best chance of anybody, except for maybe John Jones. But we have to see how he looks at heavyweight first to like really know. So I noticed I missed a super chat. This was from Frankie. Um, when it comes to pro wrestling, MMA, and football, how would you rank them as far as what interests you the most right now? Right now, it's pro wrestling. It's it's MMA and then football, but man, when football starts, it's it's gonna be pro wrestling, maybe football MMA, uh, maybe football pro wrestling. I doubt that what's what's coming in pro wrestling is so phenomenal that it's gonna be hard to to know. But that's that's where it's at. Um, but you never know. I'll be I'll be super pumped for Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler and and things coming up. So it's it's kind of tough to say. Yeah, I, I'm. I have the same exact 
feelings you do. Like, you know, if AEW didn't exist, it'd probably look different for me. Um, oh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, week one of NFL season, though, it's going to be NFL, like, over everything. Like, I'm going to be so hyped to see the Vikings back on the field. Like, I right, so... We kick but, it off with the Cowboys and Buccaneers on the Thursday night. <laughs> that is going to be a game. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, so, but that's that's a good question from the sense of, like, it's hard to rank the three. I, I love all three of those things. Yes, definitely. But, so thank you for the super chat. That's, that's a very good question. Um, but I, 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 uh, if I had to pick like one of the three now pro wrestling and MMA have the advantage on football because they're year round. Yeah. But like, if they were, if they were only like seasonal, I'd probably take the Minnesota Vikings over everything. Wow. Like I'm like that, like, because I just, no, it can be the same way with me too, but it's just hard right now because AEW is, Oh no, no, trust me. Like and all that stuff. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I just, oh man, I mean, that's a hard thing to say. It's just, and part of it too is the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. Like, I, there's yeah. still so much invested in me of like them getting that done in my lifetime, <laughs> like yeah. that, you know. But, um, but I, I could never give up any, any of the three. Um, yeah, it would be too hard to make that decision. But for sure. Um, but yeah, those those are definitely my favorite three things. Though you meant you named my three favorite things: uh, professional football, mixed martial arts, and professional wrestling. So. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. I mean, movies used to be really up there, but Hollywood has gone so corporate and so PC, it's disgusting. So, you know, but those three pretty much are it for me, too. And I, I do like boxing. God, I'm so disappointed Manny Pacquiao and Earl Spence isn't happening. It sucks so bad. That replacement looks good, though. Yeah, man. Didn't he like the champion as something or other? Yeah, himself? but I mean, boxing champion and and other champ, uh, it's not the same. And Manny's like a goat. Like that's that's a waste yeah. of Manny's time. I'm so pissed. Errol Spence is out for how long? Did they say? Uh, he's, he has a torn retina. So you know. And then the problem is too is Manny is a senator for the Philippines, and so like politically he can't fight a lot of times. Like he schedules fights. And, like, that's all he can do. He can't just be like, okay, fine, we'll run it back after this. Like, now it's probably next year and he'll be 43 and, like, it sucks. And, like, speaking of boxing, that's kind of how, to a degree, the Derek Lewis and Surreal Gone fight. And I could kind of say the same about Surreal Gone versus Ngannou, possibly. It kind of reminded me of the dynamic of uh, Wilder and Fury, where you have, like, one dude who, like, is only going to be successful if like Wilder has no technique, but he can knock people out. Yeah. But yeah. like Fury has the footwork and the head yeah. movement and can pepper people up. So yeah. it was like one guy who can do that. And one guy that's just head hunting for a few rounds. You know what I mean? So the only thing with Wilder this time though, was like, he, he never had to change his style because it always worked. Right. So and it was exciting like, to watch. It was really right. exciting to watch. No, for sure. So now it's like, how much after like a year layoff of trying to change your style, getting new trainers, all that, like how much have you learned? How much have you adapted? And like, is that good enough to beat Tyson Fury? That was the whole point of it. And now it's like, who knows when that fight will ever happen. Yeah. Just make sure you, uh, you wear entrance gear. That's less than, you know, 70 pounds, pounds or whatever. Yeah. 75 pounds. <laughs> I couldn't move my arms. Yeah. Whatever. Stop it. <laughs> you got your ass beat. Just get over Dirty <laughs> again. Shout out to Dirty. Um, who in the UFC featherweight division do you think AJ McKee can beat? I mean, honestly, I think 
I think he, I think he could beat Volkanovski. I think really? he, I I don't know if he could beat Max Holloway. I think I think because I think Max Holloway beat Volkanovski the sec, the third fight. I think that he beat him. So to me, I, I think that Max Holloway would be an interesting one. I'm really curious to see what Ortega does. I think Ortega is the favorite against Volkanovski, in my opinion. I think Ortega is going to beat him. Uh, and, but I mean, like AJ's undefeated. We just don't know. But I mean, the explosiveness, the well-roundedness, like the guy's just, I, I feel like he's that next level athlete. And, uh, I could be totally wrong. You could get probably smoked by the top five. I don't know, but like just from the eye test, I mean, I think he's one of the best in the world. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could if I could take him over any one of the top five in the UFC right now, but maybe in the top seven or eight. Like I'm looking at the rankings right now. Uh, like I'd I'd take Volkanovski, Ortega, uh, Holloway, Yair, and Zombie over him personally. Um, I but think, it, I, I think it, he would beat Yair. I really do. But then you have to say he'd probably beat Zombie then too, because I mean Yair beat Zombie I, and everything. I think I think he would beat Zombie. He's way faster than Zombie. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's hard to know with the talent level in in Bellator. I agree. Um, that's same but, like a surreal gone too, right? I mean, he's undefeated. We don't know. Like, but, he, if, but it's in the UFC again. So no, I agree. Like, and we're gonna get right. to and we're gonna get to see him face the best. So we're gonna find out. You know what I mean? That's the frustrating thing when it's two different promotions. So like the perfect fight for someone like AJ McKee to like gauge him in the UFC would be someone versus like him versus like Calvin Cater or something yeah. like that. Like that oh, would yeah. be like. Or uh, or like Josh Emmett or something like that. Like that yeah. would be like okay, if you can beat these guys, then I want to see you fight a guy like that. So no, if you can beat him, like what if he goes in there and smokes him, like round and a half done. Like, but then if like Josh Emmett like smokes him, it's like oh, Josh yeah. Emmett's a badass, but like you're you're putting someone in check because like it's just hard. Cause I know somebody such a- was that was at the fight, and there were people in the crowd being like they don't think that AJ McKee could beat Aaron Pico. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, he would kill you. Out of your mind, out of your mind. Like, yeah, it's some hometown bias or something because you're out of your mind. Yeah, no, that's 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 preposterous. AJ McKee, I would take ten out of ten times over Aaron Pico. Yeah. The problem with AJ McKee though is he's pretty much already cleaned out the division. Yeah, he needs to get out of that contract as fast as he can and get into the UFC. But like, but there, if you're Bellator, there's no way in hell you give that kid up. Well, no, no, I don't think they're gonna like release him. I'm just saying, no, like, no, he, needs know, fight his, but... he needs to fight out his contract. But yeah, Bellator's gonna throw a lot of money his way because yeah. they because they want him to stay as like one of their stars. But I mean, and he could do that. Like, I mean, it's just whatever his prerogative is. Like, if he just wants to make a lot of money and Viacom slash Bellator can give it to him, and he's happy there, that's fine. And he can go up to the lightweight division and try his luck there as well. But if he wants to try to prove that like he's the best, then he would have to fight a Volkanovski or a hallway type guy to like really establish that. But um, I mean, I think if he signs with the UFC, he's getting a killer. Like right off the bat. Yeah, well, well like I said, even a guy like Callan Cater, like that's literally the number five ranked guy. And like that would be a really good litmus test, someone like that. Yeah. Um, but the problem with putting him right in there against like Volkanovski is like if Volkanovski just smokes him, then people are just gonna think that McKee just like was gifted a shot and like they're, you know, he's going to drop down even farther probably, but definitely. I mean, regardless, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being harsh on AJ McKee. I think what he's done in Bellator has been absolutely incredible. Um, I just, I just think that there's a big, 
Like I know Pitbull is obviously a, a, a world-class level guy, but all the guys that McKee beat to get to Pitbull, none of them would sniff the top 15 of the UFC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. No, I feel you. I mean, there were a lot of people though that were really high on Pitbull talking about him being the best in that whole division, like period, like no matter what mm-hmm. company. And I mean, yeah. he won pretty quickly. So I'm yeah. not saying that he is that guy, but I, I also think that it's so hard to tell when they're undefeated and they like, they could be the best in the world. We just don't know. Exactly. And I, I do think they're going to run back McKee and Pitbull at some point. Like, yeah, I, I think it might be for 155 this time though. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, because he can go try to get that title too that Pitbull already has. That that actually is exactly what they should do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I really hate Champ Champ. I think it's the worst. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. They need to get Kale, They need to get access to Kayla Harrison. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Do I mean, Cyborg. And I think Cyborg can make one fifty five easy. Yeah. Why wouldn't she? she's been fighting at one forty five for all these years? Right. So, I mean, yeah. she, she wouldn't have to cut as much weight. Yeah. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, sure. it Doesn't a Clarissa Shields fight again soon? I don't remember. I mean, that was so unimpressive the first time that, like... I, I'm pretty sure she's fighting on the same card as Kayla Harrison in a couple of weeks. They really, I know I said it before, they really should have done her and Kayla next, even though Kayla would absolutely smoke her. Because if, if Shields loses to some no-name, like, you're never going to have that, that money match there for you anymore. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Kayla Harrison beats Clarissa Shields, no matter how many wins Clarissa Shields gets beforehand. So, uh-huh. like, just do it now. But yeah. that's just my opinion. What did you um, – so, Kenny Omega this weekend is facing Andrade at AAA. Yeah. Is Kenny going to lose one of the belts? I personally don't think Kenny should lose anything until he loses the AEW title. Right. But I think there is a story that could be told if he does lose the AAA title and then does lose the Impact title, and that all builds up to him. We've talked about it before, him getting yeah. all paranoid and stuff with the yeah. AEW title and not wanting to lose that. And then Hangman's the one to do that, and it puts Kenny in like a complete downward spiral. Right. And then that may build his the own parent. redemption story yeah. as a good guy at yeah. some point. Um, or, like, that's when you bring in Abushi, and it's like Abushi needs to, like, bring him back to, like, the right side of things or right. something like which would be beautiful yeah so that would that'd be a pretty cool story like hangman's the one that breaks the there's the straw that breaks the camel's back and then kenny's just a complete shell of himself and abushi like builds him back up with him or something right. and then they then they full on you know, mouth-to-mouth make out in the middle of the ring um and <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I I wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for Andrade to win the the AAA title. Like I could can see a, him can Andrade like, get some tights. I'm not a fan of him wrestling in the slacks. I I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think that that comes across very very good. It just it looks like he got in a street fight in his his dress clothes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really bother me too much to be honest. But I. I I think they're going to have a really damn good match. I am interested. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's really interesting from the sense that like realistically either guy could win. Like it, it, you're not going into it like with a full, you know, a full gone, con- a full gone conclusion. Like you are with a lot of Kenny Omega's like impact title offenses. And stuff. I also think if he does lose, then the belt collector gimmick is coming to an end. Right. When or, there's still, or, I mean, the thing, he could there's... just freak out and just go get another belt. You well, know that's what, I mean? what, that's really like, 
at this point, he should just be the one to beat Nick Aldis for the NWA title. Like, there, there, yeah. no, nobody is going to get the rub off of all this that's in the NWA at this point. They have nobody ready. Tyrus just won their freaking TV title I from the Pope. That. I saw that. Tyrus, like, legitimately might be the worst wrestler on earth. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, he's, like, the worst I'm seeing in any – I watch every company for the most part. And, like, he might be the I worst guy. I was never a fan of Brodus Clay, like, ever. I had to watch him and CM Punk at a Raw Live one time, and it was just so disappointing that they were wasting Punk on a Brodus Clay match. Um. You know, and, and definitely uh, his political views are controversial as well. Like, I just – it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't, I don't get I – don't, I don't get NWA. I've never been a fan, so. Yeah, they're they're making some pretty bad moves in my opinion. And like, then you also Melina, have, like – Melina yeah. versus – Yeah, like, Brazo, yeah. Yeah, like, that. that is not – not only that, you built up her and Mickey – and then you bring in Melina, and I, I just, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's, it's probably just not going to be very good. I mean, Deanna Peraza is very good, but I don't think that that match is going to be good. Um, and then you have MLW too. Like, I really want to see Kenny and uh, Jacob Pachu for that. Or yeah. that title. They're gonna, but they're gonna do Jacob Pachu and Hammerstone. And Hammerstone may win the title from him, but it, regardless, I want to see Kenny going after that title. I want to see Kenny going after Bandito in the ROH Man, title. I would, I would love, 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 love if Davey could somehow become champion and him and Kenny run that back for ROH days. Like, just just a cool, like, one-time thing. I would I would love that so much. Or Davey very well could win the MLW title sometime in the near future. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... That, that from that sense, like I want to see the belt collector thing keep going because there are other titles he can go after, and like it would. I know I've talked about this before, but because people get so butthurt on, and like so uh, so fixated on this whole idea that like the Forbidden Door, they're not doing enough for other companies and stuff, and it's like if if you get Kenny Omega on your show, if you're MLW, even for a couple shows, your your numbers are going to spike a lot for these shows because people are going to come in to see Kenny yep. and it, then it's on you to cook them. Like, yep. like that's been the problem with impact wrestling is like you have access to Kenny Omega and he spikes ratings. Sometimes he spiked them real big. The first time he showed up on impact, Yeah, but the rest of the show around it is like people being like, Oh, I don't really like Sammy Callahan that much though. Oh, I don't really like Eddie Edwards that much though. Their pay-per-views do okay too, like for the most part if Kenny's involved. Well, their their big four pay-per-views always do well for Impact because right. they, they get a lot of buzz for those four times a year. But but, that's but it's like thing. when it's you're like watching Slammiversary, right? Mm-hmm. You're watching that. When Kenny Omega comes out, it's like taking it to a different level. Like it's like, oh, okay, like this is a big deal. You know what I mean? But like you said, then they're putting him in there with Sammy Callahan. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I I don't know. Like to me, like a perfect scenario would be like if Impact signed like a Buddy Murphy and then he was the one that called out Kenny because I think they would have an absolute banger of a match. Well, so, that's like Murphy's like dream match. I, I think Murphy's going to AEW. I honestly do. Like I feel like him and Black have kind of – Hinted at it. Like you hear stuff too. Like they said, like they signed that tag. They didn't sign, but they're using that tag team. 
uh 2.0 or whatever it is Averize 2.0 yeah 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 and then like tony niece was backstage they said like i i really don't think that they give a damn about numbers right now and they're if you're good they want you so to me if that's the philosophy like buddy murphy's got to be way up there yeah i think he's gonna he's gonna look great but like i was saying the whole thing with kenny is like you just have to you have to surround the rest of the show with stuff that you want, like that you're going to get people to want to come back and keep seeing when you don't have yeah. Kenny. Like that, that's when it's on I, the, the company itself. Give me Kenny Omega and Ace Austin. Like I've been saying that up, every week. Yeah. And build that up like for a reason, like not just to be like, Hey, oh, Kenny's going to face Ace Austin for like a eight minute match. Like give it a legit shot. Yeah, no, I agree. They can do that with him. They can do it with Chris Bay. They can do it yes. with Willie Mack. Like they have, they they have people. They, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander will probably be the one to beat Kenny for the Impact Title. That's what. I, that's who I think will do it. Yeah. Um, and I and I like that idea because Josh Alexander has looked fantastic since him and Ethan Page broke up the North. Now, did like, he resign though, or is he going to be a free agent soon? I don't know. He, he he would be a free agent soon if he hasn't resigned. Yeah. Um. But, it wasn't like Kira Hogan backstage. I, I think I read that she was also backstage at AEW. So I, mean, I know she, if she. I mean, I wouldn't knows. be surprised either. Okay. Well, no, she's already out of Impact. She's so she's not Kira Hogan's out. Of, yeah, Kira, no, Kira Hogan's out of contract. She's a free agent. Okay. So, but um, but like I mean, but I think so. It's like two things. One being that I think AEW or uh, Impact Wrestling part of their booking like their holdup with some of this stuff and like their reservation on pushing certain people is because they can't keep them long-term. So like, I think they're booking Ace Austin, assuming he's going to leave. They're booking Morrissey now, assuming he's going to leave. They're booking, but, but they were able to hold on to people like Jordan Grace and Moose. So like, so like they're capable of keeping people. So it's like, but I think the best chance they have of keeping these people is by giving them strong pushes. Like, I think it's more likely that Ace Austin is going to stay if you've made him, like, the world champion of your company. But if you're just making him, like, this this kind of, like, lower-level guy, then, like, of course he's going to want to test out free agency and go somewhere else because, like, he wants to be a star somewhere. Right. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's like you want to push the talents – to get them to stay and because they're talented and you want to see what you can do with them. But if they leave, you've just built all this up and then they bail. Now you got to start from scratch with somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, or you can just focus on having just the best wrestling show (laughs) possible and just keep rebuilding your roster. I mean, I I agree. Like with ring of honor, like they would lose guys all the time, but then they would just push somebody else and they would just keep building stars. And you know, that was way before the Sinclair broadcasting days and all that stuff. But um, I, I feel like that can be the best philosophy. So so what do you think about the New Japan show this weekend? I haven't really looked over the card, but I told you today, like, I've got it ready to watch. So yeah. um, it looks good. Especially with Moxley's secret partner. I'm curious if we if we get more hints of Moxley and maybe Tanahashi at All Out or anything like that. Um it's a pretty loaded card. I'm, I'm not sure what the vibe will be like. It looks like there's about 1,200 people or so that are going to be at the show for uh, for the New Japan show. I think it's at an outdoor stadium type deal. So um, it should be good. 
I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I haven't watched much New Japan lately. Still waiting for Osprey to be healed. Yeah, it's Jay White and uh, Finley, isn't it? Yeah, which is in and Finley beat Jay White in like the G1. He beat him in some tournament. I'm not sure if it's the G1 or the New Japan Cup or whatever, but he did beat him, and it was a big, big upset. So this is kind of like Jay White getting his revenge. Nice. Well, and also timeline-wise, just so you know, Chris Bay is now officially in Bullet Club, like, on the show. Okay. So okay. they've gotten to that point, too. So I'm sure we'll see more of Chris Bay in New Japan. And he's another guy, like, I really want to see him in AEW. I know there's a lot There's a lot of people that are all coming into the company at the same time. Some are bigger stars than others. But like we've been saying, like, the room is there right now. And they don't use people every single week. Like, I I think a guy like Chris Bay would really open a lot of eyes on AEW. Like, there's – man, what, what else is on the – well, actually, let me ask you this. Who do you think the partner is going to be for John Moxley at Resurgence? I think it's going to be somebody from New Japan. That's what I think. I don't think it'll be somebody from AEW. Shooter? So I'm hoping not. That's like the one that I really don't want to happen because <laughs> that's the obvious choice, right? Yeah. But but if it is, it is. But that act um, was hilarious, though. Like pre-pandemic, no, like that. Especially like that. I mean, that was like right when he debuted, and his match with Juice Robinson was crazy, and he was in the G1 and all that stuff. Like Moxie was a bad man. Um, I, I don't know. You got any ideas? My first thought was Sammy Callahan because oh they were a tag team and they're going to be teaming soon in some other companies. This is another thing I thought of too. Why didn't impact do Sammy Callahan and Nick Gage? Like they've known each other for a long time. And like, you could use that buzz. Like, why didn't you pull that trigger? I honestly think that a like, I don't think any television company wanted to touch Nick Gage and Tony Khan just yeah. said screw it. I think he was just the first one to have the balls to just do it. That's um, uh, another person, I th- it could it could be Darby, possibly. I think that'd be pretty huge, and they have yeah, the history be of being cool. like friends on AEW TV and everything. Yeah, that, um, would be, that would get a pop from the crowd. It could be Eddie Kingston, like that's just who his normal tag team partner is. And yeah, and that would be that would still be great. Like I love that. I love their entrance and the whole yeah. wild I mean, thing. All that. Nothing's gonna top for me the the bad news bears and Trent Acid shirt combo. Like for that, that entrance, nothing. that was so sick. And that was like like the first time they used that music. It or it felt that like version of it. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, there's Moose and Ishii, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that could be really good. That'll be great. I forgot yeah. all about that. So there's some there's some solid matches. It's definitely worth watching. And I'm hoping that it leads to more things. You know, you have Jay White on Impact. You you have Tanahashi talking about possibly being it all out. Like, hopefully this advances some of that story. Yeah. You know what else they could do? They could do... In AEW, there's been a story. I think I actually heard True Slayer maybe talking about this in a recent video that I watched of his. He just uploaded something recently. I don't want to sound like I'm stealing his idea. I think it was him that I heard mention this idea. This is um, True Slayer's idea. Okay, shout out to True yeah, Slayer. True Slayer. I, I think that's where I heard it. I, I, I'm going to give him credit for this, but I may have heard it somewhere else. But I think He's like, like sitting here like, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a great idea. So this is a good thing to give someone credit for. Okay. If they so in the in AEW we have the story right now where it's um it's um 
what's his, why I can't, Andrade trying yes. to, trying to get the Lucha Bros away yep. from Pac. Yep. But what if the Lucha Brothers never come over to Pac? Because it looks like they're going to, like, it looks like yep. they're going to side. I'm not going to call it the LWO, but like, it's like they're, a lot of the Latin wrestlers are yep. starting to kind of form a group over there. Yep. And, but what if they don't turn and like the death triangle stays together, but we get um, Roosh and Naito come in to oh be with Andrade. My, oh my god! Because you would have Lij right there, like they like yes, yeah. They haven't been on TV together in Talk years. Talk to me, Daddy. Yeah. Bro, how sick me. would that be? Like yes. Roosh, Andrade, and Naito versus Pack, Phoenix, and. Uh, Sarah Muerto. I mean, what if, what if, what if they get um, Roosh and Dragon Lee? Well, I think it's totally possible. If you get I one, I think you can get both. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. their contracts, I think, both expire at January. So, yeah. Damn. But that would be sick. I thought that was a great idea. Like, well, and that's the thing is if you just pulled that off for one pay per view and that's it, like, that goes down as like that. All out like Young Bucks and Abushi versus like Bandito and Rey Mysterio and uh, uh, whoever else was with them. Was it but Phoenix? Like, was it? it I might can't remember. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like dream dream scenario type stuff that you don't necessarily have to have like them sign with the company, but just give like that one big match. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. So yeah, shout out to Josh True Slayer. That was a that was a great idea. I, I really hope that they do that. Why does McMahon have hatred for NXT? <laughs> God, I so mean, he got the asses kicked by AEW. <laughs> that's just really what it is. Like, I, I don't think he ever was like a huge fan of it, but it was selling tickets, it was selling merchandise, it was getting people's attention. So he he dealt with it right but then it's like when it started to not be that and it just started to be a burden and something that wasn't producing stars that the whole point of what the performance center was supposed to do then that's when it was just like this is crap and i honestly feel like and it's kind of been hinted by people in the know that like vince has done things like just to sh- like teach Hunter a lesson, like just to teach Triple H a lesson. Like I will destroy this guy and you can do nothing about it. Like vengeful stuff. And it's like, I wonder like, does just Triple H talk with Vince and just like, your old man has lost it. Like I'm so over this guy. Like, you know, like, like what kind of conversations are going on in the McMahon household right now? Yeah, I, I think we you talked about it a little bit earlier with like uh, Bronson Reed being released, and it kind of goes hand in hand with like the booking of Karrion Cross on Raw and all this stuff. Like, I think that part of it, and it ties into that question, is that I think that Triple or I think that Vincent Mann gets talked up about certain wrestlers like really big, and they're like, "Hey, this guy's got to go to Raw or whatever." Like, it's like this is your next guy, and then Vince sees them in a couple dark matches, and he just doesn't. It just doesn't click with him. So he probably saw Bronson Reed and was like, oh, this is supposed to be like my next kind of like monster wrestler. Like 
there's plenty of other guys we already have that do the same things he does. Or there's like the Odyssey Jones guy in, in NXT or whatever that like maybe might have more promise than he does, but they both bring something very similar to the table and he likes Odyssey better than or whatever, whatever it is, whatever the reason Vincent man just doesn't, doesn't click. Same with carrying cross. You've probably heard all this stuff about this is your next Brock Lesnar type guy. This guy yeah. is like, we have we've kept him completely undefeated for over a year in NXT, and he got this great look and this hot wife and this whole like yep. it's the, the total package and the entrance and blah blah. Then Vince saw it and he was like, "This guy's no Brock Lesnar or or Bobby Lashley or Goldberg or John Cena. Like this, what are you talking about? Like I don't and see that, that this guy at all. He's from TNA, like Impact. Like I don't think that Luch Underground. Views, yeah, and I don't think Vince views those as like great companies at all so it's kind of like to him it's just like okay and like yeah I, I feel like he would be more comfortable if it would they just found him like straight out of college getting done playing pro football and made this guy but like i don't think he loves the idea of him getting like an impact star yeah no i agree i i think that the best chance you have with vince is like even if you worked for a company like impact to not like to just like if it was under another name or another whatever, like just don't even bring up that that's where you were before. Yeah. Like EC, I, I I legitimately think that when they hired EC three, he didn't know it was the same guy that he already had as Derek Bateman, <laughs> and 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 then he pushed him until he asked what EC three stood for, and then they were probably like, oh, it's like you know Ethan Carter the third. It was like he was Dixie's nephew on the show, and he was like, wait, what? Got it. Yeah, yeah. Push deleted. Yep. Like you know, like I. So anyway, very very surprised I let him keep that name. So yeah, that that made, does make sense. Real quick, uh, Manib, uh, any figure updates? Picked up the Macho Austin Ultimate Edition, Britt Baker. Um, Manib, do you have Twitter or anything? I I always like to hear from like people that follow wrestlers. I mean, I follow do figure stuff. So. Um, I do have a couple of the new ultimates. I got, I got the Rock and Cena ultimate, and I was able to get the CM Punk, um, the classic one. This thing goes for like two hundred dollars mock, but I was able to get this thing for like fifty bucks. Normally, it goes for loose at like a hundred, so I found a pretty good deal on that. Um, and then. Uh, I got the Stone Cold and Ric Flair Ultimate Editions as well. And then I do have these that you can only get online. These were pre-orders that you could only get online. I'm trying to get hey, the, put the... Put the DDP closer to the camera. I want a better look at that one. It's the... It's the WWE version. Yep. Yep. But, like, the details in the jacket and everything are really good. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it looks great. Set. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's the it's the lamest era of DDP, but it looks for great sure. for <laughs> sure. But it's like really good details. Um, okay, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Um, but uh, I also um, I got the Scott Hall on the way, the one with the bandana or whatever. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, I bought that loose from a guy for like thirty bucks on Facebook, and then uh, I'm looking for the Bam Bam. And uh, I was able to order the Legends Series 12 on Target, all of them, which was like Junkyard Dog, Kevin Nash Outsider with the bandana. So I'll have both the Outsiders with the bandanas. It was uh, Billy Gunn 
um, with the army get up of like, you know, the let my people go on the tank and then yeah. Roddy Piper with the black shirt. I was able to get all those. The the Bam Bams with the ECW, one of the TV title or the world title. Yeah, one it's the TV title because that's what he feuded with RVD with. So I really want it from my RVD figure that I have. Nice. I got a couple new purchases. They're all loose though. And they're all kind of like already set up. So I don't know if you worth show. I, on one of my bucket lists, I, I finally got one of these. I've wanted this for a very long time, and I finally came across it while I was fig hunting in the wild, but got me a loose uh, Shawn Michaels bone cruncher. Okay. So pretty happy right. about that. I got an NWO Hulk Hogan, but it's like a uh, – it's one of those um, – they look kind of like the, the vibrating figures, but they're smaller. Um, okay. And then I also finally got me a – pretty much mint version of the original green ranger like the eight inch like the vintage power ranger green ranger with the gun and the holster and everything i went to this place in atlanta and some guy literally traded it in as i was there and i was like yo i'll buy that from you like i've been looking for that figure like you have the gun with it and it's in perfect condition and it's loose like because i hadn't bought it because when you buy it mint on card it's so expensive and i'm gonna open it anyway right so and i didn't want to buy like a beat up one all these years so i've been waiting to find the perfect one and this guy just happened to walk in right right when i was there and also i've got a trade brewing right now for um little trade ski you know, I've got that that white ranger sword, which you can see yeah. on my wall mounted okay. right there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put the I'm I'm gonna trade for the I need the green dagger, and I have this Super Sentai like OG Power Ranger thing too. So I'm trading. I'm doing a straight up weapons trade. Uh, this sword for that dagger. So wow. Yeah, pretty awesome. I'm surprised you haven't gone down the uh, Hasbro Power Ranger whole, like they, just the original cast. They they look great. I think they're awesome figures, but they don't. It, like, here's if somebody bought those for me for like a gift, I would one billion percent. Dis- I would display them. Same with like the Legacy. Like they have like Legacy weapons yeah. that are like two hundred bucks. Like they're really nice, like Green Ranger daggers and stuff, and the White Ranger sword and whatnot. But for me, like, if I'm going to spend my money, it's got to be the vintage. Like, I just, that's just, that's where my my nostalgia really lies is, like, the vintage toys that I had. But, yeah, um, hit me up on Twitter and just say, hey, this is me. I'll follow you back. So Yeah, yeah, hit me up, Maneev. You got the green dagger. That's what's up, dude. If this falls through with my guy, maybe I'll have to hit you up. But (laughs) I, uh. No, like, seriously, like, I, that's... I'm terrible at, like, a businessman when it comes to figures because, like, I can make a lot of money, and I did make I, on that huge AEW when I flipped, but, like, I just don't want to give up my stuff. Like, I, I like all my stuff, so I, like, people are like, oh, let's trade or let's do this. I'm like, no, I don't want to trade. I want all my stuff, so... I'm, I'm the same way, but that sword was gifted to me, and that's, like, a... That's like a 2011 Power Rangers thing. Like that, I was so far removed. I don't know anything about this sword that I just showed you. It was just yeah. like it was gifted to me by people that know someone that knows that I collect for her stuff. But when I found out it was worth basically the same exact amount of money as that Green Ranger dagger, I started trying to make moves, and nice. and that's part of the problem too. Is I used to have the Green Ranger dagger, but my parents gave away like all my toys once I was in college, so. And, but I never had the Green Ranger figure. Like, my neighbor did, but I didn't. So it's something I've always wanted. 
So gotcha. yeah, honestly, that was uh like I don't I don't even want to touch it and show you because I'm so afraid of not being able to put it up again right and don't then it falls. It. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no, I know y'all. What I really want. want. I tell you what I really want right now is they've they've released the NECA Ultimate Casey Jones. Oh, and I'm it's, sure that's it's the one with the head, the face, and everything of the actor, and then it also has the the mask as well. So, and then you can has an additional mask that you can put like in his backpack that's attached to the hockey stick, so you could like put it there too. Like, it's sick. I have to get it. Um, it's only at Walmart though. So, looking for that. I came across the Toka and Razar the other day, men on really? card, but it's expensive, man. It's like, like, I can't. How much is it? A hundred? It might have been more like one forty when I saw Ooh. it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But and then I saw, I, I saw like the the big shredder Neca, yeah. like the, yep. and that thing was like two hundred plus, I think. Oh wow! Um, no. But. Uh, but I mean, I think that's what they go for. I, I don't think this place was like like overpricing. I think that's just what no, the market's at with these things now. I think that's the one fourth quarter scale, though, where they're the really big yeah, it's big, it's it's yeah. big, yeah. yeah. So no, um, it is two hundred. I'm not saying it's not. Just I can't do that because like new, a, the shredder okay. that I have back there, that's like eight inch, and it's like thirty bucks. The super shredder. Um, I just followed you back, Maneeb. Maneeb's only got twenty six followers. Come on, man. Let's let's get, let's get Maneeb some followers. Uh, the first thing I saw on his Twitter. Is him retweeting a giveaway for a Power Rangers figure. So I I went ahead and followed you. There you go, nice. man. And then they're also right now that I, I don't know if you've heard about the ring, the WWE ring that they're trying to get these fans to yeah, buy. Yeah, the one you can pull the canvas off and it's got like the wood underneath and stuff. Well, and you saw that they added the ultimate macho man. Yeah. So like it wasn't going anywhere. Like that that thing was like at I'd probably say like 17%. And there was only like 20 days left or something. And then they added the ultimate macho man. So if you can just get to 5,000, you get the ultimate macho man and you get the ultimate Kevin Nash. And these aren't elites. These are ultimates, right? And they come with the box with each one. And then you also get the ring. If you can get to 7,000, you get an ultimate edition doink. Multiple heads, like the whole nine. He has like a, a an actual cloth coat and everything. But man, like it's it's at forty nine percent now, so that's halfway. And but the thing is, is if you don't get it in by Friday, you do not get the Macho Man. So in my opinion, if it doesn't happen by Friday, it's not happening. So I'm still on the fence because each one of those figures are going to be worth like a hundred dollars at least. Like you're going to be able to get your money back for sure. But like I don't want to necessarily spend two hundred and seventy eight dollars and wait a whole year before I can get my stuff. And I have no desire for a ring. Like I don't, care. Right. I don't, I don't want a ring. I'm in the same boat. I think the ring looks cool. Like I like the idea of it, uh, especially if I was a kid and I played with these figures, like that would be awesome to have. Let's that, say but... I have the led lights and everything, but like the doink with you adding that, I mean, it, you know, normally these things go for 30 bucks a piece. So you're looking at $90 worth of figures, but like resale value, they'll each be worth about a hundred. Maybe yeah. way more, possibly maybe two hundred. Like they might be a lot like the Chase figures, like because they're not going to re-release them. These are just like special edition only if you order this ring. 
Yeah, so for sure. There's a mad push in the figure community right now trying to get this. Like Cardona's already ordered five. Like he's really <laughs> trying to get people to do that. All these figure people, Kyle, they're all trying to get people to order this thing. So I almost feel like I almost feel like it's like my duty to try to help out the figure <laughs> in the community. community yeah, you know what I mean. So I yeah. Don't know. I uh last thing I'll say about figures because otherwise we'll be here all night doing yeah, this yeah, and we yeah, just yeah, ran over. Sure. But Chris two thousand eight mentions uh this I'm assuming it was for me, it says you have to get the Dragon Zord and Megazord. I am in the market for both. I used to have the Megazord, all the pieces of the original Megazord. My same neighbor that had the Green Ranger had the Dragon Zord. So I had all like all of them and he always had the Green Ranger stuff. So when we get together, we can combine the two to make the drag the like Mega Dragon Zord or whatever, because the, yeah. the dragon could clip onto the back of the the OG figure, even though it came out like later. It was just mind blowing. But once again, they have to be I I want to buy them loose so I'm not spending an arm and a leg, and they have to be in good condition. And that's where the issues lie is finding these things loose but not totally beat up. So, but I am looking for both of those crease. Like if you know people or Manib who, who collects, like if y'all know someone who has a loose Megazord set and a loose Dragon Zord and there's a legitimate vintage from like 1994 or whatever, that's like, hit me up. I, I, I want those badly. Trust me. Nice. All, All right, right, man, we're over. I want to watch Hard Knocks, see what's going down with my Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And uh, that should be live now, so I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, it was a good episode. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you haven't, please like this video, subscribe, share it out. Uh, I'll try to get to timestamps. It is kind of a pain. So if you want to listen to it without timestamps, I appreciate it, but I will get to it eventually. It usually takes me like an hour and a half, so for real. So it's not something I can just get done immediately. So there's always people like, man, where's the timestamps? Like, give me time. Like I have to work in the morning and all that other stuff. So, um, but anyways, I appreciate you guys for, for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. Hit the thumbs up, subscribe school Vikings. Go Cowboys, (laughs) Cowboy nation all day.